0: Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show, weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red
1: FM. And you can also pick up the phone, new number 0818 All of the newspapers this morning are dominated by the tragic death and savage killing and murder of uh, Ashling, Ashling Murphy, young teacher, uh, while she was out for a jog. And as the Red Tops put it this morning, there's been a very, very um, serious update overnight. Her killer is still on the loose. Uh, The man being held for questioning by the Gardaí was the wrong man uh, being quizzed over the teacher's killing. Uh, That's uh, a very, very sad and worrying update because whoever did kill her has had 24 more hours now uh, to get away. Um, So uh, as the Gardaí are saying this morning, or at least one source is saying... It's back to the drawing board. Mail this morning talks of it, as does the Mirror. The Mirror says: Ashling killer on the loose, manhunt after suspect released without charge, and tribute after tribute after tribute to the beloved teacher strangled while out on a run. She was incredibly talented. I mean, she was a superb uh, violin player, uh, played um, you know classical and also traditional, beautiful traditional fiddle player. She played uh, flute. Tin Whistle and was learning the notoriously difficult uh, Elin Pipes, as I can speak from experience myself. Um, She was so talented and so loved. And the tributes make all of the papers today. Uh, She was um, a beautiful, beautiful young girl. Uh, The man who was being questioned by the Gardaí has now been eliminated from inquiries. Uh, She was our youngest little angel. She was a rock that's a headline uh, from her parents in this morning's Irish Independent. And so many beautiful photographs. There's a lovely photograph in the papers this morning, beautiful photograph of Ashling with her entire family uh, on her graduation day. And just looking at her parents alone, they are beaming uh, with pride and joy at her achievement in college. And uh, off she went then to become a primary school teacher. Apparently the last thing she said every morning when she was going out the door... Um, her man was in the house. She said, I love you, man. And many of us can relate to that as our sons and daughters go about their business and go about their lives. Horror at brutal killing, uh, says the echo this morning. In fact, they quote uh, Mary Crilly from the Sexual Violence Center in Cork in quite some detail. She says, I just think it's heartbreaking. I wish in a sense there was a checklist where you could offer women like, like say things like you do A, B, C and D and you'll be safe. But she says that's no longer the case. So it's page after page, book of condolence after book of condolence, light and candlelight and vigil after vigil. And in Cork, there's a walk scheduled in memory of Ashling this Saturday, tomorrow at half past nine at the Atlantic Pond in Porky Cueve. This is half nine in the morning tomorrow. Uh, Then at two o'clock, Rosa Cork will hold a standout uh, outside Brown Thomas on Patrick Street and good luck to them. Uh, on both of those that 's the story from this morning 's echo where Where do I stop on this? Because it literally dominates all of the newspapers time after time after time uh, women victims of uh, uh, in in this case and in way too many others murder thirteen percent of women who are murdered are murdered by strangers that they just do not know. Ashling should have been safe, she should have made it home is a quote, and a very heavy-hitting and powerful article from Liz Dunphy in The Examiner. She went to Tullymore, Tullymore, and she says, those that knew her described her as kind, beautiful, fiercely talented, an all-rounder, who was popular, a brilliant musician, a keen camogie player. She jogged on that canal to keep up her training, like many people do every day. And she goes in then to talk to many of the locals and residents in the area. So the figure of 244 needs to be, um, you know, burned into all of our brains because 244 women died violently in Ireland since 1996. So it's very, very tragic. The Gardaí are, as we say, back uh, to the drawing board, as they said themselves, for the hunt for her killer, and we'll have to see what happens in the hours, days ahead. Um, in other news, lads, um, of course, oh, COVID dominates as it does. Um, sadly, I suppose we'd prefer to have the COVID stories on the front page rather than the death of poor Ashling. But there you have it nonetheless. But it seems as if Stephen Donnelly is kind of half hinting now at this stage that the fact that half a million people a week are probably being infected with the virus, we will soon be at a stage of population immunity. It's kind of like the herd immunity of old. Uh, with half a million people a week being infected, they're saying maybe by the very beginning of February uh, we'll be able to lift all restrictions. And he's even hinting that they could scrap the 8pm curfew on pubs next week. So that's quite interesting in that regard. Remember my conversation yesterday with Donal, the son of the one and only Jeremiah Cronin, the long-standing Cork Echo Boy, as they call him in the Echo this morning. It's a lovely tribute because the Echo thankfully picked up on the story yesterday, I'm delighted to say. And Donald O'Keefe writes a beautiful story about the late Jeremiah Cronin, who died at the last couple of days, just short of his 86th birthday. I remember, he was on the air yesterday, his son, Donald telling us about Jeremiah. He started selling newspapers at the age of 11. Well, I didn't know yesterday in the conversation, I know Donald said that uh, his dad's marriage broke down, but he said that Jerry, his dad, raised their six children on his own. And he says, and Donald says in the Echo today, that he recalled uh, he was a kind and generous father. Uh, who was of his generation, uh, rarely showing emotion, just getting on with it. Beautiful photographs in this morning's Echo. Donal is there next to a dad. Uh, not sure where it was taken. I know they were up at the barn when he was presented with the signed jersey from the Glen Rovers footballers. Uh, but it's amazing to see um, the fantastic uh, photograph from the Glen Rovers uh, team on the front of the papers at Parlors, I'd imagine, um, at the front of the paper this morning, a uh, full color shot, and he's beaming from ear to ear. Uh, other stories then involving the, the family and homes, of course, is uh, the like of, because of the ridiculous price of housing and rent, a third of young, young adults are still living with their parents. I hope they're happy out. And when we say living with their parents, we're saying those between, uh, say, 25 and 29 still living with their parents. Uh, Andrew's been stripped of all of his titles. He's also uh, you know, been told not to use um, any kind of royal insignia whatsoever or royal terminology. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, he's being sued in, in a civil action by um, uh, Ms. Dufresne And it means that he needs to be sued as a private individual as opposed to a member of the monarch. So it's kind of an interesting one. And and all this, this story with regards to rubbish, there's a thing now called retro rubbish, which means that um, you literally can still find rubbish from the 60s, 70s and 80s. And that's what they've done. Apparently, a group of volunteers along Dollymount Beach were cleaning the beach and came across... Uh, and the photographs make the papers today retro rubbish from the 1970s. Like they came across marathon wrappers. Now, marathon was what Snickers is now, uh, but it hasn't been called marathon for a long, 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 long time. Bottles of Quicks from the 1970s. Quicks, of course, is a washing up liquid. Uh, they also found Wash and Shine, another product which, of course, involves heavy duty plastic bottles. Um, but they found a Tato Smoky Bacon Crisp bag the days when the price was printed on the packet in the factory. And in this case, the Tato Smoky Bacon Crisp Bag had a 10p price on it. They also found Monster Munch uh, with a price on it for 20 pence. And, and I don't know how many people remember, don't know if they do them anymore, KP Space Alien Spacers, dated from June the 7th, 1986. So a lot from the 80s, but sadly an awful lot too from the 1970s. They call it retro rubbish. Um, if you keep comics... I wouldn't call them rubbish when you hear that a single page from a 1984 Spider-Man comic book has recently sold for nearly three and a half million dollars. The page was the original artwork by the artist and it's a Spider-Man with a black costume uh, for the first time. So that single page went to auction For three and a half million, a fragile thing, a page, isn't it? When it's worth that kind of money, papers also say that the jackpot has to be won. It absolutely is a clincher for someone tomorrow. So all of the red tops are talking about that today. If you're not in, you can't win, and it's never too late, as we found out yesterday on air. Um, Anyway, the stories with regards to the um, um, the the stories with regards to the lotto need to end because it's rolled on for far too long at this stage, hasn't it? The Neil Prendiville Show. So morning all. Can I just say also that today, uh, Red FM, right across the day, are celebrating turning 20 years old this weekend. 20 years on the air. And with that in mind, we are giving away 200 euro cash every day this week. Okay, every single, sorry, every single hour today to celebrate turning 20 years old. So we're also playing, and the lads will play an awful lot more than me, but they're playing music from 20 years ago as well on the air right across the day today. But how do you win uh, the two hundred euro. Well, you're got are number ones that I'm playing, and I'll be playing three different number ones across the morning. So the first one um, is, uh, and we're talking two thousand and two number ones from two thousand and two. So for two hundred euro, a little later on this morning, when you hear this song in its entirety, call and ten wins on 0818104106 What's the song you're asking? It's
2: high, it's high.
1: All right, that, of course, is Atomic Kitten and the Tide is High, cover of the Blondie song. I'll play it sometime this morning between now and midday. It's worth 200 euro cash. Okay, lines open, 0818104106. Unfortunately, I hate to start with such a sad story, but it has to be done, and people have to be reminded of the life and times that we live in, particularly women. And God knows, I have a lot of texts and emails and a lot of people who are very, very unhappy. Orla, good morning.
3: Good morning, Neil.
1: Um, I have... Um, in front of me um, quite an amount of detail of two different incidents that happened to you and they're absolutely horrific and uh, you know we were chatting about it this morning um, myself and Emer and Brenda and the likes and no woman feels safe ever when she is out walking and it seems as if that can be said by both by day and by night now would you agree
3: yeah, I mean definitely. Um I suppose in the incidents that I faced, um, you know, I was going about my daily life, something, you know, something so normal and yet violence found me. Um, as with many women. Um and even since my post went up I've I've had countless women contact me with their stories as well. So yeah, yeah. you know, it's 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 terrible That that's what we face in our daily lives yeah
1: fair play to you well done for sharing difficult and at all as it was I hope it didn't trigger anything with you but um, you, you you spoke of a man who pulled a knife on you yeah and yeah. uh, this uh, this was just two years ago
3: yeah so it would have been early 2020 um, and look t- to be honest Neil I-, I don't want to get into the specifics
1: I'm happy um, to go you anywhere know. you want that's to go and stay away from yeah. anywhere you want to stay so I leave yeah. that totally up to you
3: that's that's perfect. I mean, I've I've gone through the the Guardian investigation, and um, so I don't want the person identified. Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, look, I was doing an activity, um, something that I loved, um something that would have always felt safe to me in my community. And um, yeah, a, a man pulled a knife on me, um, face on. Um, I was inches from the knife, um, and I remember at the time. I had stuff in my hands and my initial thought was I can't protect myself. Um, so, I suppose I didn't realise at the time how much of an impact that had on me. Um, you know, I suppose I, I felt lucky that I came out of it unscathed. You know, there was no physical injury. Um It was just the emotional side of it. And I, I,
1: I'm slow to ask you any questions about it whatsoever to respect your privacy and your wishes. Did you, did you run away? I'm, I'm, I'm just curious.
3: Yeah, Good so I, I, I ran away um, okay. and he actually followed me. Um, and, was, Thankfully, my, my husband and my father were close by. They didn't see what happened, um, but they saw me coming out pretty distraught. Um, I just broke down crying. I couldn't stop shaking um we went to to the nearby garda station um and gave statements and and they followed up. Um and I suppose I you know I it happened on a Thursday night and on the following Monday I went back to work um because I you know, I suppose I wanted to get back to my normal life. Um and then in work I had a phone call from Anglesey Garda, uh, garda Station They'd read the file um, and they said, look, we really encourage you to to, to get support about what had happened. Um, and I actually broke down in work crying. I had a full on breakdown. Um, so I, I left work, I couldn't stop crying. Um, my body just didn't feel like my own body. It was like I was stuck in this fight or flight kind of mode constantly tense Um no thankfully i i reached out to the support after crime service which is on Anglesey street That's right. i i rang them and i said I, I i need to see someone it is really urgent no thankfully within 20 minutes they they fit me in and i have to say neil they were amazing i think the the service that they do they don't get enough credit and i think if i didn't go there I honestly think my mental health would have taken a, a really bad dip um, and I'd since then went to the GP um, and I'd been on medication as well okay. because of the to... physical effects from the, the incident.
1: Yeah. Um, sadly, uh, just a year a year before that, mm-hmm. sorry now Arla, but the year before that you were on a bus, yeah? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
4: And some, um, and
1: some guy started hassling you on the bus.
3: Yeah, um, I had been working in town, so I was on the bus home. Um, like many women, you know, in, in on the bus, or even when we're out walking on public spaces, we put in our earphones, so I would have had my earphones in. The bus was fairly busy, um, because it would have been in around that time, I think just after six. Um, so people would have been coming home, go, go, going home from work. Um, and initially he was behind me, Um, But because I had my earphones in, I didn't really pay too much attention, but I could feel, you know, someone fairly close to me behind me. He then sat next to me and started asking me my name, uh, where I was going. When I didn't return the attention, he so badly wanted, he got aggressive. Now, I had asked him, please go away, please leave me alone. Um, And that just made him more aggressive to the point where... He pushed up against me so hard that I slammed my head against the window. I he eventually got off at a bus stop. And there was
1: I, no intervention uh, up to that point. No, from anyone.
3: No, no. Were, were there people? Sadly.
1: Were there people there?
3: No, I suppose Neil. And it is you know, I suppose in that circumstance I would love to think that I'd be the person to say hang on a second or go up to the bus driver but unfortunately people don't for whatever reason and I can understand people don't want to get involved in these things you know, for various reasons but no one said anything Um, so he eventually got off at a bus stop, I waited a, a couple of more stops and I got off, I rang my father who had been driving nearby and I asked him to pick me up, I Bawling, crying, I just wanted to go home. I, you know, I was very kind of upset. And um, no, thankfully, my dad had the peace of mind to say, "No, we need to go to the, the bus driver. We need to get the details because you need to go to the Gardaí." So we eventually tracked down the the bus and it was at a stop and took the de- driver's details. Went to the Gardaí, made a statement. It turns out Neil that the CCTV on the bus had been broken that night, so it wasn't done. Oh, no. Then the CCTV at the stop where I originally got on at on town, town, that was turned in a different direction. So there was no CCTV, no one came forward. Um, the driver didn't see or didn't hear anything. Um, so I never got a real tangible outcome. Um, and look, I, I, I'm kind of, at, in a weird way, I'm kind of at peace with it now. Um, you know, it's something that happened. I've, you know, I've gone on numerous buses since.
1: I'm very happy for you in, in that regard. I truly am. But I worry awfully about the next woman that he will approach yeah. or, or harass or that the guy with the knife and the next woman that he will approach and harass mm-hmm. or indeed might. You know, I don't, don't want to upset mm-hmm. anybody, particularly don't want to upset you because you've been very kind to even chat with me at all. But. We could have a result with you know with like we had with yeah. with poor Ashling, you know.
3: Yeah, and that look, I, I I put up the post yesterday because I suppose you know and look, her self sympathies go, go to her family, her her friends, her community. They're they're grieving at this time, and you know it's it, it's so it's such a sad thing to happen. Um, but unfortunately, I suppose the point of my post was. I'm not shocked that these things happen because we, as a society, you know, we don't respond to the level that's required. The political system doesn't respond to the violence against women that's required. So it and is what, such a sad and monstrous, monstrous thing to happen.
1: And and, and what what should the response be? Have more treatments for people who, let's say, they're psychologically disturbed. Does it involve say reviewing bail? So. Uh, perhaps in the case where these individuals are known to Guardian of History, aren't out on bail? Um, is it faster court appearances? Is it stricter sentencing?
3: I, I Look, I don't have all the answers.
1: Yeah.
3: But, I mean, it, I, I suppose it, we need to stop it from getting to that stage in terms of the sentencing. Maybe it's a, it's a cultural, it's a societal thing that, that needs to be addressed. I mean, look, one of the things now was Doing a bit of research last night is, you know, how how many um, domestic violence refuges we have. Um, you know, we're supposed to have four hundred ninety eight ref, refuge spaces, and um, we currently have one hundred and forty. So, like, if that that's so, that's an indicator on how the political system responds to violence against women. That's right. Yeah. Like, there you have it. I mean, and just another one as well, which like is completely shocking. Between September and December twenty twenty. 808 requests for refuge went unmet. Okay.
1: And does that so, mean in all those cases they stayed in places of danger?
3: More, m- more often than not, they do. Yeah. So where do you go from there? You I know, know, and, I know, And it's unfortunate. Look, it takes... Like The reality is women are fed up because, I suppose, it takes something like what happened to Ashling for you know people to sit up and recognise that these are the things that we're living with day and day and
1: also not too far from where she lost her young life mm-hmm. of course so did Fiona Pender and her case remains unsolved like many others.
3: Yeah, exactly and look Neil this is happening all the time. I mean you know Anna Krusel raped and murdered in twenty eighteen, aged fourteen. Mm-hmm. Nadine Lott attacked and murdered in twenty nineteen, aged thirty. Sarah Everard kidnapped, raped and murdered in 2021, age 33. And now Ashling Murphy attacked and murdered in 2022, age 23.
1: In a public place, yeah. as you said in your beautiful post, with the sky of daytime over our head in the middle of the day.
3: Mm. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I suppose for, for someone like myself that has gone through something so traumatic, and, um, you know, I, it was really, it brought it all home yesterday when I was, I, I couldn't get Ashling out of my mind, because I'm one of the lucky ones. It's a very split second for something to go horribly wrong. And I wouldn't have been here today. You know,
1: yeah. um, Larissa Nolan in the in the, I think it's the mail this morning has a, a, a very interesting insight into the mind of a woman when she is out. Um, she herself said that. And, and it's such a shocking thing that the thought that went through her head when she was on the street around where she lived, going out for a run recently. There was just her and one man. Uh, and and I, I almost feel sorry for the poor man like who was going about his business. But her thought was. I'm on this street on my own with him, and she thought he could murder me. Like, I, I never think that as I walk around anywhere, day or night. He could murder me, she could murder me. But there was a post that Emer shared with me where she says, and do you mind if I just read it? Because I'm sure you can, okay. you may well have heard it. Every woman you know has taken a longer route, has doubled back on herself, has pretended to dawdle by a shop window, has held her keys in her hand, has made a fake phone call has rounded a corner and run. Every woman you know has walked home scared. Every woman you know. um, This this is part of being a woman.
3: Yeah? Yeah, exactly. And I, I was talking to one of my friends last night and, you know, when we were in college, I was the only person living on the south side. They were all north side. And I remember just, you know, it was the thing of text us when you get home safe and you know like take the details of the, the taxi man so look and send it on to us and um, like I mean even on social media last night there was even women sharing their tips on how they stay safe. There's women going out for a jog for a run that actually carry mini bottles of hairspray because that if there's an attacker comes up that they can use that. I mean Ian, that is just like, that is a terrible thing to do. I mean, you certainly wouldn't have thought of, you know, how to protect yourself if you're going out for a jog. or like No,
1: you see, you're things. describing a, a woman's checklist doesn't yeah. exist for a man, but it's all of the things they have to do before they close their front door behind them.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's something, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a privilege to go out and go for a jog or a run in your community and not have to think of these things where we do.
1: Very very sad, isn't it? What's going to be done to change things? I mean, they were saying on primetime last night that a very strong female panel on primetime, where they were saying it all goes back to school and and teaching consent. Um, you know that's 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 consent, isn't it? For uh, boys and girls as they you know go through their early life. This is is this is this about teaching consent, or is this this is just base criminality and murder? I think it's in a different department entirely, isn't it?
3: I mean. I I think these things would help, um, you know, addressing that that kind of toxic masculinity. Like the the, the reason that the incident happened to me was because a man thought he was free to inf- inflict that kind of violence upon me and he had this you know, he had this kind of um thought without fear or consequence and unfortunately in my circumstances he, there was no consequences. Yeah, they were they were cautioned and you know, well, one person was, the other guy is still out, out there, and I don't know whatever came about. You know, he, he could still be doing the exact
1: same and thing. And the caution was for the knife, was it, the knife guy? The
3: caution was for the knife, yes.
1: Because I, I, I mean, I'm just parking your case 100%. There are countries where anyone carrying a knife in, in public, it's an automatic jail sentence, because you have no reason to have a knife in public mm-hmm. whatsoever. You know, it's not as if, you, like, you, can, you can't come up with an excuse that would... Allow you to have a six inch blade or whatever the case may be, but you were you want you were clip you must have been on. I mean, I won't even go into it, don't answer if you don't want to, but you must have been very upset with the caution, were you?
3: Um, I mean, given the circumstances of the incident itself, I, I was upset because I mean, the, the absolute trauma that I faced, I, I actually don't think I could put into words how I felt, how I still feel. I mean yesterday was the first time in two years that I spoke to someone and to be fair it was Joan Lowkey from the Echo that, that reached out to me and we had a conversation for 20 minutes and afterwards I, I actually was shaking it was the first time in two years that and I this sounds ter- terrible but I, I actually wanted to be kind of on medication again, I just felt my body was having the same reaction to the trauma as it did back in two years ago so I mean that that person will never know how I feel, how I felt when it happened um, so I mean yeah, and in that case I, I am, you know, hurt and I suppose I, I do feel let down by the system I mean, the you know, the individual guard they were amazing, there's one particular guard and she, she really followed up and she checked in on me and I think she went above and beyond, you know, her call of duty, but unfortunately it's the system that lets down. Um, so I think system change really has to happen um, and that comes through societal change. Yeah, political system everything
1: needs to change, trends. including in yeah. your own case. Somebody correctly is pointing out there, and I'll let you go then I promise, somebody's pointing out there that, you know, why is it, why is it the CCTV is always broken on the bus when mm-hmm. something has happened to people? Isn't it all yeah. about duty of care? It doesn't seem very important. But even the small things like that, you know, it's like the broken window. CCTV should always be working everywhere, shouldn't it? It should always yeah. be maintained. It is critical. It's like making sure that a defibrillator is always working. It's so important.
3: 100%. I mean, if the incident on the bus had had a nasty turn and I wasn't here today, my final moments wouldn't have been properly recorded okay. because yeah. no one came forward. The CCTV was, the CCTV was broken. Um so, I mean, like, there you go, the Gardie have limited kind of resources to work with as well. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, the CCTV being on and, you know, working and pointed in the right direction. That's the basic that, that should happen.
1: That's right. And and just finally, definitely, finally, then, it, well, an interesting text saying, Neil, remember, sometimes, you know, with nobody intervening on the bus in your case, mm-hmm. sometimes people, they say, are afraid to intervene in case it's a couple, it might be a domestic case, and they're just fighting in public, and that, that could be one of the reasons. I understand that. It's hard to read a situation sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and I
3: mean... There was a, like when I was on the bus and when the man was sitting next to me, I remember staring in front of me at the the back of the head of a man and just willing him with all my might just to turn around and to say, stop, leave her alone or just to say, you know, come down and sit with me or something. I just wanted someone to intervene. And that never happened. And look, you know, I don't, I don't blame anyone on the bus. You know, sometimes they don't want to get involved because it could turn nasty. Something, you know, serious could I happen. Know, I know. But you know, it's it, it, sometimes you
1: couldn't get the words out for shock.
3: Oh, I couldn't, and no. even I like to plead with the person nicely. You know, please go away, leave me alone. I was visibly upset, um, and that just. Made him even more aggressive.
1: I know, I know. Listen, Orla, thank you so much for coming on air. Very difficult. I hope you haven't found it too traumatic, but I appreciate your call, and everybody listening does as well. Um, look after yourself. All right.
3: Thanks very much, Neil. I appreciate it.
1: You're the greatest. Take care, Orla. Bye. 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 Neil's got a new number. Call him now on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Yes, indeed, and you can text oh eight. Uh, sorry, apologies. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I'm just looking at texts coming in, and uh, it's amazing the amount of them. Uh, they're all hard reading. I can tell you that. I just wanted a text to let everyone know that women are terrified, be it in a car on her own at night, walking at any time of the day, going to an upstairs toilet in a restaurant. Imagine, uh, like, just inside in a restaurant, standing up from your seat. You might be with friends. I'm walking to an upstairs toilet and you're on alert. We are terrified. I'm 45 years old, an educated mum of two. When I was 13, our local delivery milkman would drop milk to our home and take the opportunity to rub and grope me or my sister. When I was 18 in college, a male friend, inverted commas, assaulted me. When I was 22 on my way to college on a bus, I was rubbed up all the way to Cork and the fear of God was in me all the way. For all the men uh, who women meet while walking, let me tell you that while we are walking towards you, we are terrified. We are planning our escape route. I'm so upset but relieved that the magnitude is coming out. Please don't give my name or details. It's uh, To all the beautiful ladies, the mums, the daughters, stay safe. I mean, it's going over in my head all of the time, the constant state of alert um, for things that, say, I or a man would just not think twice about um, and again, that's you know. You, of course, you think about it for all women, but you think about clearly everything is personal to all of us. So therefore, you think about it. Your about your say your own daughter, or your own female friends, or your acquaintances, or your your work colleagues. Uh, just commenting on the horrible murder of poor Ashling. My partner shares her location with me at all times on the Find My app on my iPhone. Just goes to show the fear. That they have alone out there, um, it's again, you know again, that's that, that checklist that women must do as they go about their life, you know, and it includes, you know somebody else being able to view their phone and their location on a map. I uh, can't go on the air because I'm in work, but as, as a woman, I'm sick of being unsafe. I've been spiked. I've had my skirt pulled up uh, by, by bar workers in Cork. I've had men randomly walk past me and put their hand up my skirt. I've been physically assaulted by an ex. I've been followed. I'm the only person. I'm I'm only one person. So this behavior has to stop. Women have to have the right to feel safe. Uh, And one or two more. It's sick. People do these types of crimes. Uh, It's anti-man time now. Yeah, it's not all men. It's not all men, but it's too many. That's what they say. And you are right when you talk about you know, the sickness of a person's brain. And, and I don't know whether or not a lot of people who commit these crimes are psychologically disturbed or insane. I don't know how many of them are under the influence of very, very heavy narcotics where they are completely and utterly out of their head. I don't know how much that plays into it. Um, but, and, and then, of course, you hear way too often... Of, of uh, people who are out on bail, and this is not an issue for the Gardaí. Of course, they're just following the laws that have been given to them. It's uh, it's it's and it's probably not even for the judicial uh, section cause sector because they they can't change. I mean, this is a matter for government and less of the platitudes and the talking shops uh, and more action really um, with regards to getting. I mean, it's all about getting tougher. I suppose, you know. Here all morning talking about you know the things that could be done and, and should be done, but it's the women we need. It's women we need to listen to. I'm telling you that. Uh, Councillor Fiona Ryan is with the Solidarity People Before Profit on Lee side, and I was telling you that there's going to be a standout this Saturday afternoon outside Bron Thomas. Fiona, good morning.
2: Good morning, Neil. Thanks for having me on. It's
1: my pleasure. Unfortunately, it's such a sad topic to be dealing with yet again. Uh, And just on on tomorrow, that's Outside BT on Patrick's What time, Fiona?
2: 2 p.m. There's actually two events on tomorrow, um, and I would encourage anyone to make either one of them. There is our event that's on Outside Brown Thomas, 2 p.m., but there's also um, a walk organized meeting 9.30 a.m., outside the Atlantic Pond which is a very popular running spot I think it's a very poignant uh, place I think for people to to meet and mourn and obviously um uh, come together on this. this
1: okay. You know, really okay. So that's the, just clarifying that again. Atlantic Pond at half past nine, and um, that would be two o'clock then at at Brown Thomas. Is is that for is that for women solely, or anybody who feels moved enough can go to either no, or both?
2: Absolutely, everyone, Neil. Because I think what's crucial is while what we've seen is an outpouring of grief, um, like the messages you've just read out, but also online over um, this just just brutal um, and unnecessary death of a young woman in the prime of her life. Um, Men have to be a part of this movement to challenge a culture that allows violence against women to be so prevalent and why every woman has a story of some kind. And I think, um, you know, it it can give comfort sometimes for for men to think that to monster, I suppose, the the, the individuals who who are, are... you know, who uh, perpetrate violence like this, but it's so common that it it isn't monsters. It's your friends sometimes. You know, it's your family members. It's the people who you would never suspect in a day to day to be capable of violence or to be capable of course control. Um, and so, I think that this is something that we encourage everyone to participate.
1: Yes, in. but you, More, you say it. it you you say it. okay. You say, and we. I know you are right when you say that um, if you do the maths on it. Uh, it would be 87% of murders of women are by people they know, leaving 13% of murders by of women by strangers. So that 13% is enough for women to, as I've been hearing again this morning, be on constant alert when they're out.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I remember um, there was a very similar outpouring of grief during the Sarah Everard case. I think precisely because so many women are stealed from childhood to think about their safety to constantly have it on their mind and um, I remember talking to my friends and my mother taught me how to hold a key between my fingers you know Did you? Um, if I needed to, to, to flee for whatever reason I needed a weapon and almost every single one of my friends said oh my man taught me that too um, and I think it's just um, it's what, why people and why women get so angry when the, the direction of the conversation gets turned to where, again, to how women can protect ourselves, because that's the thing we do. We go out during the day. We, um, you know, we tell our partners and our friends where we're going. And a lot of the time, like in this case, like in this Sarah ever case, it's not enough. And I think that's why these cases really punch hard uh, and cause so much um, grief amongst us all, because we can all see ourselves um, just going about our daily business and something like this happening um or maybe it wouldn't be a murder maybe it could just be a random attack or some violence or even you know lesser but still you know uh, things that affect you like uh, attack calling like things that make you fear for your safety um these are These are common and
1: daily for many of us yeah, so, harassment as well that's very common yeah name calling um unnecessary un, unwarranted ap- approaches and attention whether on the street or in a bar or a nightclub being name-called, things like that. This is all common now,
2: common. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, a lot of times um, when women do challenge this, you know, and say, you know, get away from me, or I'm not interested, or, you know, take it on, a lot of time that can be the instigator to turn something that is verbal harassment into physical harassment. Oh. Um, I think uh, the, the, the point is, I suppose, is that you know, um, you mentioned, our, 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 is this just for women or are men welcome? And absolutely, I think men are welcome because I think this isn't a question of panic buttons or how else women can reorganize their lives to try and make ourselves safer. There has to be, there has to at some point address the culture of it. And do you think if it
1: were addressed, that there will be a time when women won't have to be constantly on alert um, and think- av- having to learn how to hold the key between their finger their knuckles? Um, taking self-defence classes. Will, will, is there a time when that will all end? How?
2: I think we have to strive towards that, and a lot of that is going to be towards making a, a, a accountability culture within men's culture themselves, where you have, it can start off as something simple. For example, a, a WhatsApp group. So, you know, you mentioned statistics there. Statistically speaking, if you have a WhatsApp group of 10 friends who are lads, one of them has probably perpetuated physical violence against a woman at some point and three of them have probably engaged in some form of psychological or coercive control against a partner that's the statistics bear that out you know it's 14% in terms of physical violence and 31% in terms of
1: um, you know psychological well, 1 in 10 men say that again that 1 in 10 men have what exactly?
2: so 14% um, uh, basically um, have, have uh, women I suppose have indicated that they have experienced, um, you know, domestic violence of some kind, and that's actually quite a conservative figure. There are other figures that say more, and thirty-one percent um, have uh, experienced psychological uh, uh, harassment. And there was—I mentioned this online, but there was a r- survey released by the Rotunda Hospital saying that up to one in eight of their patients experience domestic physical violence during their pregnancy.
1: That, and, and of course we could have another full conversation then on the amount of women who then don't decide to press charges and continue to live with that violent partner of course and don't want a prosecution um, because they believe that he will never do it again.
2: I think that's one element of it but I think another element, you know, we were only speaking about this recently on the International Day of uh, vio- uh, uh, Violence Against Women, um, that was just last month, um, is that a lot of women, uh, in terms of financial uh, and, and you know, the, the actual coercive control and how it operates, can't leave as well. I mean, it's a question of, you know, you have a man saying, you know, you, you'll be out of this house. And the kids will be homeless. And, and unfortunately, a lot of the financial circumstances, especially the housing crisis, makes that a reality. So I think it's a mix of things. It's never quite so simple. And a lot of time, a woman might face years of harassment and just be completely beaten down. You know, it's, it's rarely as simple as, um you know, uh, I think a lot. Sometimes there are cases where, you know, just people, some women are just so beaten down that they can't see. Um the reality of what's happening you know yeah, to them yeah. but I think a lot of the time it's a lot more complicated
1: than that. Yeah papers this morning go through all of the girls I mean I mentioned Fiona Pender and there are others as well of course um, one lady was arrived into Ireland from uh, I think she came from Australia am I right she wasn't here 24 hours when she was brutally murdered um, and it like it only seems to be getting worse not better Yeah. you know yeah. I don't know um, what kind of a conversation the, we should be having about that
2: yeah and and that's why I think the conversation has to be around um, uh, how can we affect the culture that 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 creates so many men uh, that feel and and many of these you know many men who probably you know have have friends and loved ones who would never dream that they are capable of what they do behind closed doors okay. um, and, yeah. and that's as I said you know you were mentioned earlier on you know why do Men do this. Why do some men do this? And I think, you know, and um, Tom Marrow wrote an excellent article. He was the, the, the husband of uh, Jill Marr, who was murdered. Um, about how it comforts us to monster the abuser, but I think that actually there's a lot of evil in the in 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 the you know, the, the banality of evil is, is a thing and I think we have to, to face up to that and um, you know, challenge sexism when we see it, challenge misogyny, to not look away and not to have those difficult conversations with friends you might love, um, just because um, you know, it, 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 it can be embarrassing or tough, you That's know right. uh, everyone yeah, has yeah, to challenge yeah, it
1: yeah, yeah. I, Yes, and can I just finish on that point because does that also involve intervention when you see something that you should intervene
2: I think absolutely in the sense of, well, of course, I mean, if you're seeing some physical violence, you know, um, it, I think everyone see a lot of things on, on YouTube and, and TikTok where, you know, someone's being physically assaulted and everyone's saying, well, why did no one intervene? But I think it goes beyond physical violence as well. I mean, it's in the WhatsApp chat logs, you know, in, in the gym, in, in school. Um, You know, someone might say a a crude joke or make, uh, you know, uh, share a a video of a woman who didn't want that video to be shared um, and say nothing or even laugh, you know, or, you know, they mightn't like it, but they mightn't say anything because they don't want to be that guy. But I think until everyone is that Uh, the, the
1: response to that is is not good enough to just delete it. You should delete and tell your mate, don't send me those again. Exactly, yeah. challenge
2: it publicly. Yeah. You know, I think that's what's important or is right. an element of how we actually address the culture that okay. has made some men think that this is, is 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 something they'll get away with.
1: Okay, thank you, Councillor. Thanks for taking the call. Fiona Ryan has uh, two and is organising two um, different events tomorrow. One is at the Atlantic Pond at half past nine tomorrow morning, which is a solidarity walk in memory of Ashley Murphy, half past nine Atlantic Pond. And as to say, there is also uh, a standout at Brown Thomas on Patrick's Day tomorrow at 2 o'clock.
4: I'm Lano O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national, and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or
1: by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to
0: 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. It
1: certainly is. Happy 20th birthday to Cork's Red FM. Have a give up. 20 years ago, Atomic Kitten added new life and a new twist to Blondie's The Tide Is High. And call a 10, when she heard it playing, was Emma Reardon from the Briery in Carrigaline. So congratulations to you, Emma. You probably didn't realize it when you woke up this morning that you were going to be 200 euro cash richer by 10 in the morning, but you've just won 200 euro cash, so well done. Right across the day today, we are playing every hour songs from 2002 number ones from 2002 uh, when you hear it and i'll do another one between now and 11 it'll be enrique Iglesias uh, and his song heroes and when you hear that call it 10 wins again all right so that's a little later on this morning right across there we got two grand in total celebrating cork's red fm turning 20 years on air this weekend now in other housekeeping business it's also a free food friday today why wouldn't it be Friday wouldn't be the same without Oak Fire Pizza vouchers. Uh, so for you guys, we have free food that will feed up to 15 of you. It. It's the big, large pizzas with the garlic breads and uh, potatoes, uh, dips, drinks, desserts. 15 of you will be fed. They're the big, large ones, as I say. So text who you are and where you are to 08681. 0868- one zero four one zero six. And if you're getting pizza this weekend, check out Oak Fire Pizza, Real Wood Fire Pizza in Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Gillaby Street and Douglas. So, text now, text 0868104106 who you are and where you are and off we go with the shout outs in about a quarter of an hour and finally Satori Clinic have given me these 150 euro vouchers every day this week. Two winners, not one, two winners. Uh, daily prize and you can head down there for acupuncture or A cupping, uh, moxibustion is another treatment down there, acupressure, loads of different therapies and skills there, so 150 euro voucher. So, new you, new year, and again, there's something to do with new in the song titles or the artist. So, three songs, please identify them when I open the phone line later in the correct order. So, it's all got to do with new. Have a listen. Everybody loves you.
0: Everything's right I said
1: hey, me Forever turn me Alright, I'll give those another spin between now and uh, midday and then open the phone lines and call at 10 and 11 win, 150 euro vouchers for Satori Clinic at Langford Row. Back after the break.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red NeilRedFM. 104 to 106, Red FM.
1: Right, lads, the 200 euro is gone. Emma Reardon, as I say, won it at the Briary in Carrigaline, so congratulations. So stop calling for that, but I'll be doing it again in the next 45, 50 minutes, okay? You're listening out for, well, this is the song, okay? 20 years of Red FM, so number ones from 2002. This is the next one I'm going to be playing. I love it, I love it, I really do. Uh, text 868 for all of the business. Uh, there's, um, I mean, the story of Ashling Murphy's murder uh, has not just rocked and upset and angered and broke the hearts of Irish people um, overseas as well. It's having the same effect on people. I was watching it online on different news feeds. It dominated uh, Sky News for a, a period yesterday. And uh, I'm told of a photograph in front of me here now because, you know, if you ever are on the Tube in London... Um, they have service information um, uh, posters and one of their service information posts maybe more than one maybe all of them for a period of time yesterday had um, a a massive big poster on it saying rest in peace Ashling Murphy and it said may heaven be a place where you feel safe and protected by the light of the sun you should have felt the same way on earth Uh, all you wanted to do was go for a run hearts continue to break Yesterday was already too late. It's long overdue for something to be done. Uh, thoughts and prayers to you, your family and friends uh, from um, the London Underground. I mean it's incredibly powerful, that isn't it? And many people are touched, not just in this country. Um, let me go back to my phone lines, if, if you will, allow Sinead, good morning.
5: Hi, good morning.:
1: It's absolutely shocking, isn't it? Um, and you and you yourself just wanted to share your own story. So what happened?
5: Um, it would be eight to ten years ago now, since it happened. Um, I was jogging up in the city, uh, by the, the junction there where the prison is and the, and Collins Barracks.
1: Okay, Rathmore Road area, yeah. Yeah,
5: Yeah, I was jogging along, heading down towards Dillons Cross, and there was this group of teenagers. Um, I can't really put an age on them, it's hard to put an age on them, but, um, you know, they were tall. Um, I and
1: you were you were out for a run.
5: I was running, yeah.
1: Okay, go ahead.
5: Yeah, and um, they the, they had a dog with them, and the dog went for me as I went by. So uh, you know the way the dogs do; they, they went for my leg. He went for my legs like so. I kicked out to get him away from as me. as you should and, do, as you should do. And next thing, before I knew it, I was seeing stars because one of the one of the young fellows had given me a couple of fine punches into the side of the face.
1: Young fellas, you're saying, we're talking, I think you mentioned 14-year-olds, 15 yeah,
5: Teenagers, yeah, Defin- not adults, but, you know, teenagers. Um, he'd given me a fine couple of punches into the side of the face before I even knew it had happened. And I kind of, I stood in shock. I couldn't believe it. He, he ran off. Um, there, um, uh, there was a younger girl kind of hung around. She didn't know what to do. Two older boys were there older than him what it seemed older than him and they said to me it was my own fault the dog attacked me and i kind of stood in shock for a while i didn't really know what to do yeah i i was you know my head was throbbing so i um i rang the guards i rang mayfield Guard station and i was told that there were no cars available to come to my aid so i kind of like that now you know they dispersed. I and Did dispersed they tell
1: there. you anything else besides we don't have a car, Mayfield? No. Did they? Did they say w- w- But we'll call Grown or we'll contact no. Anglesey Street. Stay where you no. are. No, nothing. Nothing.
5: Did no, they ask you the if you needed
1: car. an ambulance?
5: No, nothing. Um, I was lucky. Two two colleagues were passing, so they kind of saw something was wrong. They asked me what was wrong. I told them, um, so they brought me back to work and um, I ended up had I was black and blue, um, my eye was black and blue all over Christmas and New Year of that year, and for the next few days, you know, I'd be passing, and I'd see him, I'd see the young fella that did it, and I'd ring the guards, and each time it was a case of, oh, we're in the middle of a, a changeover, or we have no cars available. Like they, they never, They I felt really let down really let down and and so you
1: should feel feel really let down and and I'm hoping that if that was acceptable 10 years ago that that's not the kind of reaction you'd get today
5: I'd hope not anyway but they just they didn't have any interest in helping me out Um, and as I said each time I'd see him in the area and I'd I'd really look I was assaulted just before Christmas and I can see him I know where he is now and they were always too busy
1: do, do they perhaps think it's absolutely pointless um, uh, having anything Probably to be do with the, the minor? Fo- that's exactly what I was going to say.
5: Yeah. You know, and of course, if I had maybe tried to defend myself or if I had, you know, punched him back in self-defense, sure, I would be the one in court. I would be the one fined. I'd be the one he'd be trying to sue or, he, you know, his parents would be trying to sue.
1: Correct, because he'd have the witnesses, you see, on his side. You wouldn't.
5: Yeah, yeah. So I, just, I felt very let down because I always felt very confident. I was always out jogging on my own. I would be mountain biking on my own. I was always a very confident person that I could defend myself. But considering, a, you know, a teenager uh, struck me so hard that he blackened my face, I, it, did, it did rock me. I was very shook by it.
1: I can understand why. And, of course, you carried the scars of it and the black and blues for weeks. And tell me, are you still as confident when you go out and about um, do you have a I a, was describing a, almost like a checklist that women have to go through do you have that?
5: I would I'd always I'm always aware like I wouldn't dream of having earphones in walking or running or cycling anywhere now I never I would never have earphones in no matter what I'm doing unless I'm in my own house safe I never put earphones in I always make sure I'm aware of my surroundings but that and- that
1: strikes me uh, that, that sounds to me as if that you, you don't have them in because you're always on alert
5: Always on alert. Always, yeah. I'd always know myself, and I'm always warning my daughter. Always be aware of your surroundings. Always know who's around you, what's going on around you. Don't ever like just put your face in your phone and walk along a street. Always know what's happening.
1: Did you ever think Being about aware. getting, um uh, learning self defence or doing a self self defence class yourself and your daughter?
5: Um, I did take joe for years, but then I ended up with a knee a knee injury, um, and I I have contemplated going back to some form of uh, boxing sickness type of a thing. It's
1: awful to have to say that, but you know what I mean.
5: Yeah, I understand. Yeah, no, I've been, uh, I'm a strong enough woman. I am. Um, but still, it, when it comes to somebody assaulting you like that, and you feel so helpless, no matter how strong a person you are, you will always, like mentally, you will always feel weak and yes, helpless.
1: I know what you're saying. And that's why, when you pick up the guardi, you want them to
5: yeah, Come to you your expect aid. them to help. You expect them to be there, but they, you know, I know they have more important things to do. But at that time, for me, I was very, uh, I understand. you know, I was, I was I I kind of very shook.
1: I, I understand. Yeah. Go and deal with well, Babby Thank you so much for taking the sorry. call. Have a, have a lovely weekend, Sinead. Mind yourself. <laughs> Thank you.
5: You too. Take Bye. care.
1: Taking time, taking time out of her busy day, uh, Mary Crilly, who's the director of the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork. Mary, good morning.
6: Morning, Neil. Morning.
1: Here, here we are again, um, yet again, and another tragedy, uh, another murder, another young girl who 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 managed to squeeze so much into her young, young life. I mean, she was an incredible powerhouse of activity and love, but now she's gone.
6: Um, I think like you and like the rest of the country, I think I'm stunned and I'm angry and I'm weary of it. And I'm tired of women having to kind of carry keys with them, you know, listening to the Black Rock Brothers on the news last night very active women who just go out running who'd say they wouldn't go out without keys or without something else in their hand. Um, I think we're all very tired of that. And what I am doing is I'm really asking the men of Ireland to stand up and change things because they're the ones who can change it.
1: Yeah, um, I'm wondering... Are the are these kind of lone wolves, though, in in the way that they behave? I mean, do we have a do we have any research at all that goes into the psychological profiling of these killers? Do you know? I'm,
6: I'm sure we do, but I was very taken by something that um, was said on on the TV last night by Women's Aid where you know, she said that she was working in a bar at one stage for quite a long time where men would talk about different things, men would talk about their friend who was very abusive to their partners but then when he came to join them they all went silent and they said nothing and that's what we need to stop, we need to stop the silence and we need to stop this rubbish about um, not all men, you know, this hash handled because we all know it's not all men and we're tired of saying we know it's not all men yeah. and it turns into that very often kind of well it's not all men. We know this, there's nobody in the country who doesn't know. There's a very small minority of men who are raping, who are abusing women, who are abusing men, tiny minority. So we need to start calling them out instead of turning into a big campaign about, well you know it's not all men because that deviates and the rest from the horror that's after happening and I think whether a young girl is raped and murdered at 9 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the day, or 10 o'clock, it's the same thing. Somebody has decided to do this is not a random thing that somebody just decides out of blue and going to murder somebody because, as I say, the most men would not rape and they wouldn't dream of murdering so they're not going to just do it randomly because they see somebody running and we need just to change the conversation and, you know, it was very heartened this morning I felt a bit tired coming in this morning and um, I saw that a man had called in a man in his 40s or 50s with two very worn candles to give to us because we're lighting candles on the steps in the centre here at half four and, you know, that just gave me a lift because he's gone to the bother, he took candles at home um, and brought them in and just left them there to light for him, which I think really means a lot because it really means yeah. some men are starting to stand up and we want them all to stand up and say, look, the guys who are doing this are very deliberate and very righteous about it and they will continue to do it. Um, like, I know we want something about psychology of these people, I think Kira Staunton probably knew, see would be good at that, but I would be rubbish at talking about psychology of men like this, I just know male violence continues and I think we need the men really to stand up and stop it because they are the ones who can stand up And, and how and though, call I mean, their
1: out. How how can men make a difference?
6: I think by calling their friends out I think, you know, like say I've met young men in colleges and different places over the years where they would say that their friends would brag about what they did. they say, I had her last night, she can't even remember it, and this is a laugh. And what happens is the group goes silent, they won't say anything, but I'm asking them to say something, to call these guys out. Like, I know murder is at the other end of the spectrum, but, I mean, violence against women starts in small ways, starts by you know people running, people being groped when they're out in the street, um, women kind of walking along, afraid to look behind them, and you know the men behind yes. them are usually quite safe; they really are. But the woman doesn't know that.
1: But you see, the violence or, or sexual assault or um, uh, course of control, uh, there, there, you know, there are different scales, obviously, and, and and murder is the ultimate one, the ultimate loss of life. Totally. But, but is is it married into? Um, the con- un- uncontrollable drug abuse that's going on now because you can have somebody who's out of their mind. I'm not talking about murder now, but certainly with regards to sexual assault, sexual violence, consent is is the issue, consent. But because we hear of steroid abuse now, multi-drug abuse where people are just demented.
6: Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, no doubt. But, I mean, you come across, and, and you've come across many men and many... People who had alcohol, who have drugs taken, who don't go on to abuse, who, you know, who you would be scared of because they do look as if their eyes in the back of their head, their eyes are popping out or something. But, I mean, the reality is that most people are raped by somebody who they know, somebody who manipulates them, somebody who they feel very trusting about, somebody who they say, he was like my brother, I can't believe he did it, therefore I can't report it because you know, maybe I consented. Um, It's not like him. It's out of character. I hear that once more in court that it's out of his character to do this. It couldn't be out of his character because he did it. So we look at kind of the average kind of person is raping and it's usually the young guy. It's a guy who kind of feels entitled to do it. It's a guy who's very deliberate about it, very definite, feels he's fair game, but won't call it rape, won't say I raped somebody, would kind of call it something else.
1: Yeah, I mean, the statistic is that 13% of the cases that have been solved, involved uh, the killing of women by strangers. Yeah?
6: Only 13%. I mean, they're talking about,
1: ah, well, that's like two, it's still, it's still too much. I mean, you don't,
6: it is far too much. I mean, even the 244 women who were murdered like since 1997, that's far too much. And we would have come across women over the years who died by suicide, who were in very violent relationships they're not being counted. That's right, um, that's right. And I suppose at this stage, I think you know, we're also really good with Santa Fe, it's 40 years here, and we're talking about it, and we've been talking to you about, for at least thirty odd years about this, and yeah. things are changing. And I want to give hope to people out there that things are changing, whereas now it's time for the men to step up and really stand straight and say, I'm not having this, and really stand and confront their friends or people who they know are doing it, or to even talk more about it, have the conversation more about it, and not just just about um, somebody who gets murdered during the day saying she did everything right does that mean the woman that gets raped at two in the morning she did something wrong just to really say this is a crime that's happening in Ireland, it's horrific we don't want it, but it's happening and let's just name it and stand up to the people who are doing it,
1: yeah, yeah, it Clearly gender based violence, men killing and brutally assaulting women um, and then going before, the, I mean is there an issue for reviewing bail, reviewing the whole oh, totally. issue of faster court oh, totally. appearances and sentencing?
6: totally, like whether the, the guy who was let go, um, whether he did it or not he was out on bail, which is a disgrace and you've interviewed many people over the years who have been raped by people when they're on bail yeah. that really has to be discussed yeah. and the sentencing and how difficult it is to get a court. And, and, and,
1: and, and also year year an awful week week of lot of the cases that would be in the past also would have involved somebody who was known in the past to the Gardaí for violence or assault
7: Absolutely,
6: absolutely and even if somebody goes to the guard station and, you know, goes to get information and wants to give a statement, maybe not ready to sign it. I'd ask them to make sure that wherever they do, it's documented. Because if you go into a guard station and you give information, but you don't proceed more with it, it might not be documented. So therefore, it's not there. The guards don't know about it. It doesn't go on post. It doesn't go on anywhere. So it's about like, let's start gathering information. Let's
5: start gathering the reality of what's happening.
1: And should that start in school, do you think? They were talking on prime time about consent and teaching consent to minors at a younger age.
6: I think it totally does, because I think they get it. You know, I think young people get kind of what's happening and children get, you know, about consent, about sharing toys, sharing things. It doesn't have to be done in a way that kind of feels really awkward for them or really big. Just in a matter of fact way, young boys and young girls are equal and you share and this is what you do and what you don't do. Make it part of life you know make it just part of how things are so hopefully in the future that you know there'll be more gender equality that young boys would feel shocked if a girl was treated differently than boys and that has happened in other countries and it can be done so I think today should be a wake up call for everybody while we sympathise with everybody up in Tullamore and the family in Tullamore and we'll be having um, lighting candles on the steps of the centre here at half four if anybody wants to drop in candles or do anything and I know there's um A vigil organized tomorrow morning, I think, down around the marina or around Yeah, There is, yeah,
1: there is. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple. There's um, uh, a walk tomorrow morning at the Atlantic Pond at half past nine, and then there's a standout uh, where people will gather at Bron Thomas at 2 o'clock tomorrow. You're lighting you're lighting candles, obviously. What's your address, then, if people want to drop in? It's or 5 Camden
6: in Place, just by Patrick's Bridge. Yeah, that's Number it. 5 Camden you Place. You can't
1: miss it. Um, at, at this point in time, you, you, you're you also saying that you wish, I think you were quoted saying, I wish, in a sense, there was a checklist where you could offer women, say, do A, B, C, and D, and you'll be safe. But even chatting with women again this morning, they do have checklists in their life. They are on alert. They do have to plan every single it's, trip.
6: They are, they are and, and you see I do feel sorry for the men who are kinda of going out walking and who wouldn't dream of touching somebody and just so they're aware that the woman in front of them doesn't know that. You know, I mean she's afraid of all men, like even the young woman who you'd on earlier saying about her daughter, she teaches her daughter not to um to be very careful not to ear, wear earphones and this kind of thing. In a way it's teaching our daughter to be frightened, which is something we don't want to do and we would like to turn that reality and change Te- that. Teaching
1: reality her daughter around. how to hold keys between her knuckles.
6: Yeah, and I mean the majority of men, like I say, aren't doing this. They they wouldn't dream of doing it. But the women in front of them don't know that, so that's why we need the men to stand up and be counted and change things in whatever way needs to be changed. Okay,
1: and you, and you just fine. You did say there very very powerfully that men need to call out their friends who um are, are they
6: do you know they do who brag about it. Yeah, yeah they do.
1: Yeah, yeah. and d- that would that would include this the sharing of. You know, social media posts and photographs, and, and the
6: jokes. You know, and, and, and the starts, The kind of stuff that we put up with, and the stuff where a guy might say I was with somebody last night, she can't remember a thing, but it was great. Um, like that's right. So she instead of saying that great.
1: he's a great guy, um, you should you should be horrified and, and not, tell him it's so.
6: Appropriate because I'm sure if he said I was with your sister last night and she can't remember it, you know, the would react very differently. So that's very true. You know, this is another human being.
1: Okay, Mary, thanks so much for taking the call, without a doubt. Appreciate it, much obliged, Mary Crilly at uh, the uh, Sexual Violence Centre in Cork. Very important, phone number 1-800-496-496, 1-800-496-496. And if you want to be part of the Candlelit Vigil uh, this afternoon, or indeed want to drop off a candle there on Camden Quay, you can't miss them, you'll see the sign there, number 5, it's the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork, uh, on Camden Quay. Back after the break. <laughs> Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number,
0: 0818-104-106.
1: All right. Meanwhile, Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. It'll feed 15 of you, so text who you are and where you are to 868 We send shout-outs to all of the counter and delivery staff at On Post in Enniskeen and Balanine. They're out delivering all the antigen tests this week. And they're working Saturday and Sunday, so they can head to Bandon our clan for the pizza, says Declan. Morning to you all. Kinsale Community Hospital are also in touch this morning. Incredibly caring for my wonderful Nana these past two years, says Siobhan. So good morning to everybody at Kinsale Community Hospital. You're a style in Cork, including uh, Rebecca, Cara, Carolyn, Emma, Leon, Ashling Jade and Emma, good morning to all of you working hard. Altonen International Moving and Storage are listening in ovens. Happy 20th birthday to Elaine Holmes in Bwings, she's listening. I'm a healthcare worker, says Pamela, I working work for Marymount. It's my son's birthday today, we'd love free food Friday, uh, pizza. Everybody at uh, Trevor Toolhar on Victoria Road, Hickey's Pharmacy in Castle West Shopping Centre in Ballin College. They're worn out, um, they say we'd love to treat the colleague's. We are worn out frontline healthcare workers who need a treat. Morning to everybody at the ENT Emergency Department at the South Infirmary, Victoria. Uh, And also to everybody at Cork Airport doing PCR and antigen testing for the public. They've been listening uh, all week. They've had a long, busy week. Their their shifts are 8am to 7pm and they'd love pizza. To all of the girls at Passage West Post Office, to everybody in Dairy Gold Accounts Payable, AP Vaughan Recycling and Tower, Horgan's Garage and Kerry Pike, um, everybody at Boots and Half Moon Street, particularly Shauna and the gang, would love pizza today. Barry at Joyce's Coles, listening at the top of Fair Hill. Um, everybody at Henderson Motors this morning, the AUHU department at CUH, the admin team, Euro Car Parts in Duke or Hurley He Bacon in Balling Bridgewater Homes, Blockwall Developments in a Twilight News, Patrick Street and Paul Street are listening. Uh Omahany Motor Factors and y'all. Everybody at, uh, Transport in, Bally- in Ballyville, in including Rob. The Cope Foundation in Hollyhill and just one or two more. Northside Tires, Little Island Dental, O'Sullivan's Pharmacy, uh, and everybody at Carneys of Cork. They would treat their brilliant bus drivers. So good morning to all of you. We'll do some more shout outs in a half an hour's time. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 um, What have I got? Frank is standing by. Alan is standing by. Annette is standing by. Sinead first. Sinead, good morning.
3: Good morning, Neil.
1: Um Sorry. Not the easiest thing in the world to uh, to relive past events, so so no, thank you for coming on air. Yeah, No
3: problem. Yeah. Well, this happened about 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. In the bus station in town. Right. Uh, myself and my friend, we were getting the bus to Shannon Airport, and so I needed to go to the toilet, and she stayed downstairs with the bags, and I went upstairs to go to the toilet, and I started to go to the toilet, but I heard a ruffle over overhead and I looked up and there was this young fella looking over the top of the cubicle and he had his phone in his hand. He was either taking a picture of me or recording me and I left a roar out of me. I said, oh, what are you doing? And I pulled up my pants. I ran out of the cubicle and he ran after me and I don't know, do you know that you know, at the top of the stairs, you have to put in money. Yes. To let the barrier has yeah. to go around. Yeah. So
1: there's I no way in up. if you if you don't do that, is there?
3: Well, he jumped
1: it. You can jump it. Okay. Thank I
3: you. I went up. I'm so small. I was I'm only five foot, so I was able to go under it. So he jumped it like a horse, and he chased me right down like a spiral staircase. You know, it's continues going down and down and he chased me the whole way down and he had his hand out it was all on CCTV and I was able to see it afterwards and he was going to hit me over the head
1: What the heck Mm. is going on there? What happened when you got down? Did you find your friend or what
3: happened? Uh, Good job I had flat shoes on me because I would have been a goner I came down and I couldn't talk, I was just kind of "Ah," screaming And they probably thought that it was a domestic, so people didn't come over to me. And the bus men were around, and they came over and they said, are you okay? I said, he was in the toilet, he was was hiding in the toilet, and I couldn't talk properly. But anyway, they calmed me down, and they brought me into the office, and they put on the CCTV, and we could see everything of us coming out of the toilet, and him jumping the barrier. And me running down the stairs. The guards were called. And they said, when I come back for my holiday, go and give a statement. So I did. I went, I gave a statement. And nothing was done.
1: Not much of a holiday, I'd say, Sinead.
3: I know. You
1: know, hard (laughs) to put that out of your
3: head. Oh, yeah. Oh, watching the CCTV, it was like watching a film. So I followed it up. I, I rang the guards and I said, there's nothing happening you know this was weeks later and the Bangarda said well look he's um, he's a respectable young man he comes from a good home and um, we're just going to leave it be really I said that doesn't matter you know he'll do the same to other people God knows how long he was hiding in the (sighs) toilet
1: That guy needs help I mean he just needs help
3: and also as well as, well as,
1: as well as a prosecutor, but certainly helped.
3: Yeah. No, it was on the paper then, a few months later, that he got a fine. No, my name wasn't mentioned.
1: Okay, so they didn't he, let they didn't let it go then? He he if he got a fine did he have to go to court?
3: Yeah, I was like a hundred and fifty and that so was it. Fine. That was it. But I never knew about that. It was my brother that spotted that on the echo.
1: And you're sure that the fine was for your incident?
3: Yeah, yeah, the girl in the bus station. Yeah, I still have the clipping at home. I kept it. But But do you think it was an
1: eye? Do you think you were the only person this happened to in the bus station? No,
3: not at all. Uh, uh, The Vanguard told me that it happened in McDonald's as well. He was taking pictures of young children over the top of the cubicle, going to the toilet, and he was caught for that. His phone was taken off him and there was images on his phone. And nothing was done about that.
1: That was 10 years ago. That was 10 years ago. Would, they, f- years would ago. they view it very differently now, 10 years later, I wonder? Because mm. for me, that, that, that's very, very worrying that you have a person mm-hmm. in society like that walking around doing yeah. those kind of things. More than, you know, on a num- number of, who knows how many times, you know?
3: That's right. And he went in there to the bus
5: station before work to do that.
1: So he's over the top of the cubicle filming you. He's doing the same yeah. in, the, in, in fast food outlets, filming yeah. filming children. And the only court appearance ended up at a, with a hundred and fifty euro fine.
3: Yeah, yeah, which right. I didn't know about until my brother said it to me.
1: Yeah. So and, and no, he's still
3: walking. He was young. He was only in his twenties.
1: So, but he's not a minor, he's mm. he's an adult.
3: No, he knows, yeah. He
1: clearly knows right from wrong, unless, yeah. unless, for instance, this guy is psychologically disturbed, but that yeah. wasn't even looked into, was it?
3: No, obviously not, because I tried to follow it up, because I just didn't want it to happen to somebody else.
1: Well, it did, it wasn't an isolated case, your one.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, oh my. in McDonald's, nobody came forward, you see. The had told me that, that no one, but I said I'm coming forward now.
1: But now we know, we know of of um yeah, you did come forward and you did all mm-hmm. the right things and you pushed and you pushed, and now we also know that that the parents were bringing children into, in this case, unfortunately, McDonald's, mm-hmm. and there was a character filming, filming their children over the top of the cubicle. Yeah,
3: yeah, and he over the top, and
1: so that's why parents bring their kids. I mean, certainly smallies, tiny toddlers. You always would have done that, but they're even vigilant now when their children go to the bathroom.
3: Yeah, and sure that that boy is probably still out there doing whatever. Oh my god! You know, yeah. So I just wanted to to tell you about that incident, anyway, Neil.
1: You're very kind. Thank you for that. All um, right, appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Very, very Have disturbing. a good weekend. Okay, you too, Sinead. I bye really bye. mean that sincerely. Have a good weekend. Uh, you wonder whether or not um, that kind of uh, reaction or, or response ten years ago you would I would hope that it's very different now. You know that you know systems kick in differently. Uh, back after the break. Text 0868104106. Actually, I tell you what. I'll talk to Annette and take a break then because she's been holding for quite a long time. Annette, good morning
4: good morning. And, and uh, I
1: know uh, that you're under pressure so I appreciate that. Yeah, y- thank you. You want to talk yeah. about another vigil that's planned, yeah? Yeah,
4: yeah. So I decided to uh, put together a vigil for Mallow Town tonight at 7 o'clock. Okay. So we're going to meet in the um, little car park and walk from there out onto the park road and head up towards the top of the town and stop at St Mary's Church then and we're going to leave our candles on the wall of the church or our tea lights, you know, um, just as just to create a memorial spot for Ashley for people in the area. And um yeah, so we're just you know, hoping that people will, will take the opportunity to show solidarity with Ashlyn and with her family and the the most terrific yes. thing that they're going through now. Yes. Yeah. You know and, um yeah, so if the guards are going to be there to make sure that there's no issues, you know, with walking... Um, oh, yes, so that. Ah, yeah, that'll be fine, you'll be fine, that'll be fine, they're there
1: to help started. and look after you. Yeah,
4: yeah mm-hmm. and the council are going to uh, make sure that there's no issues with the candles
1: on the wall and that sort of stuff, you know. I know, yeah, housekeeping. Seven o'clock at Lidl Car Park Yeah, uh, and walking yeah. To, to the church, candles Absolutely. lit. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
4: And, you know, Neil, just to mention as well, um you were talking to Mary Crilly there about, you know, girls having... Um, things in their hands, you know, to use as weapons if required. My daughter normally lives in Cork, she's in New York at the moment but she has um, a thing in her keering that looks like cat's ears and it's like her fingers go through what would be the eyes of the cat and it's a metal object and the ears then become a weapon basically if it's required.
1: Sharp weapon Um, is it?
4: Well, I wouldn't say it's like two, like two pointy cats Oh, listen, i have
1: no problem with on. that. I no, i have no problem yeah. with that. You better believe and, it. Um, and wh- is that when she's in New York or when she's here or always?
4: It's when shes here. Well, I presume she's using it in New York. I presume she still has it. So on it's her. always she's in her it. hand, is it? It's always in her hand when she's out. Yeah, when she's out on her own. Yeah, absolutely. And she lives in a house with three other girls, and each one of them also has something similar as well, along with all of her friends.
1: There so this no is more. This is I more idea. of the. This is more of the checklist that we hear about. It is. It is yeah, there is
4: no girl that I know of of alicia 's age uh, that doesn 't have a weapon of
1: some description
4: every one of them do, every one of them has something in their hand and in their hand at all times when they 're out on their own daylight or nighttime it doesn 't matter, and they talk of I just listened to the girls talking because I had two of them here for Christmas dinner this year, and um you know, and I just hear them talking about times when they're, you know, just walking along the street and it could be starting to become dusk, and this is in Cork City now, you know, it could be starting to become dusk and as soon as that time changes you know, from night, from day to going into nighttime their 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 senses are heightened straight away, they're, they're on guard straight away, they don't automatically, they don't feel safe yeah. you know, yeah. and I mean you know, you can imagine now there's a man walking down the street minding his own business That's place, right. nothing of it, yeah but like straight away the girls are like, Okay, we we'll stop, we'll take a phone call, we'll do something, we we'll turn, we'll go down a different street. That man has no intention of touching them, but they don't know that and they will change their path yeah. to yeah to um, just to double back on them or go a different route just in case. And that is every day of the week. And that is what girls have to
1: deal with all the time it wasn't dusk it wasn't dark for Aisling Murphy it was it right in the middle of the day it, four yeah, o'clock it, in the day probably earlier
4: which is earlier. It was even scarier because that was a public place that girl felt safe to go for a run
1: running along or the canal run. where other people yeah. would be
4: where other people were probably walking against her out walking their children walking their dogs she felt so safe to go out for a walk at four o'clock or out for her run yeah. that day yeah and the sad reality is she was not safe. And yeah. the majority of our young girls out there are not safe.
1: How would her There's a beautiful photograph of her in the papers this morning with her entire so family. Fair. Mother, and father, so big, big brother there as well. A big, beaming yeah. smile on his face. And the photograph is of her graduation. Uh, how yeah, how would does. parents How would parents recover from that? Uh, you
4: can't. You don't. Nobody will recover from something like that. Never.
8: How do you live with it?
4: Our parents will only forever now will only ever exist. They will get on with their life because they have other family to do so. But, the, you know, the, the, the real, you know, the real meaning behind their life is gone. Not just because it was Ashley and it could have been any one of their children. but Because one of your children has been so cruelly taken from you, you will never, ever recover from that. And all they will ever do now is just carry on and just exist. And carry on with life. I mean, I lost my baby at 21 weeks. She was stillborn. I carry on with life because I had other children. Yeah. And uh, totally different circumstances, obviously, for Ashley's parents. But the loss of a child. No, it's
1: still mourning a loss.
4: You just still carry carry on. You have to carry on because you have made a commitment to these other children that you have brought into the world. So you carry on. But there is always, always a piece of you missing. And there's always a light missing in your life always and I cannot imagine that that is the route that those poor, poor parents are going down now because it's just it's it's so unbelievably horrific what they're being put through okay. for absolutely no reason absolutely yeah,
1: yeah. what an absolutely. awful awful waste of a wonderful life it's
4: just, yeah. beggar's belief we're having that tonight just to show solidarity, I suppose, and to show, try and show some sort of strength, maybe the family might get some strength out of knowing that people are, are remembering their... The girls. country's
1: rallying around them, and not just Ireland, yeah. but overseas as well. Yes, seven o'clock this pleasure. evening in Mallow from seven Lidl Car Park evening, to the... We'll be the leaving
4: okay. uh, straight away at seven o'clock, no delays.
1: Yeah. Okay. Take, take care. Good luck thanks tonight. To thanks a I
4: Appreciate the time. Thank All you. the best. Bye-bye. Cheers.
1: You know, you talk about living with grief. Uh, it just reminded me, yesterday, I eventually got to watch Anne um, it's the, I think it's an ITV 3 part, or I think it's an ITV. You might catch it on a player or something or whatever. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you've recorded it. It's the story of Anne Williams, uh, and it's a powerful documentary drama. I think Maxine Peake is one of the greatest um, uh, female actors coming out of the UK in a long, long time. She is incredibly powerful when she gets into the part. Uh, and it's the story of Anne Williams, who was a campaigner for the victim's, of the Hillsborough disaster, 1989, um, 97 Liverpool fans died at Hillsborough Stadium in Sheffield. And there was inquiry after inquiry and there was report after report. And 20, 22 years later, uh, they had got nowhere. They'd take one step forward, the families and two steps back. But she never gave up. She ultimately uh, eventually read, I think she wrote two books on the subject. She lost her own son in the Hillsborough disaster. And, of course, for many years, those in authority from the police down were blaming the fans. Um, you probably know the history of it. Um, but she never, ever gave up. And uh, it's very, very sad. I wouldn't want to overly spoil it for you. You don't have to be a football fan. You don't have to be a Liverpool fan. Um, although it hurts more if you are, I think, um, you know, with a, a story like this when you hear of the deaths. and Because this, the community of Liverpool is just such a wonderful community. It's one of the reasons why... Uh, you know, if I were to follow any football team it probably would be Liverpool because that sense of um you know, camaraderie and togetherness within the within the city itself. Um but she lived um a much shorter life than she should have done and died of cancer at a very young age. But she's a powerful woman, Anne Williams, and uh, Maxine Peak plays her part. It's worth checking out over the weekend, that three parter if you're interested.
0: Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and
8: wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast
7: on Red FM with me, Kira Revens.
1: Hero, hero. It's just certainly the right song at the right time, uh, Enrique Iglesias and Hero, for a lot of different reasons. I know uh, it has to do with celebrating Quark's Red FM turning uh, 20 this weekend, but it's just a very powerful song in its own right. Um, and I tell you why. It's uh, a text that I got just um, exactly 20 years ago. My beautiful friend Nicholas Sweeney was murdered in Roachestown in a violent attack. Uh, she was in her own home and she was only 20. All this news of Ashling brings all of the heartbreak, break, all of the heartache back. Uh, We played Hero by Enrique Iglesias when her coffin was carried out of the church. I know you're playing it this morning. May we also remember Nicola Sweeney. Um, So thank you for that text, and I'm happy to oblige in that regard. Uh, We also, of course, are, you know, celebrating at the same time as we talk about the awful tragedy in Tullamore. The radio station turns 20 years old this weekend and we're playing music from 2002. I want to congratulate Elaine Leahy from Meadow Park Road in Ballyvaland uh, scooping 200 euro cash on that song. So that's, uh, that's nice for you, Elaine. Congratulations. New year, new number for Neo. 0818 104 106. Okay, and of course, Red FM turns 20 uh, this weekend. Back in 2002, it came on air. Very small beginnings, humble beginnings. But now, Cork's Red FM, if it could speak, would probably say something like, what do you think of me now, 20 years later? So, celebrating that this uh, weekend and today, 200 euro cash every single hour. We're playing tunes from 2002. We've already done Atomic Kitten. We've done Enrique Iglesias. So Elvis versus JXL. It's another one from 2002. So that's what you're listening out for to win 200 euro cash. Here's a snippet of it. Thank you very much. So we'll play that entirely uh, between now and uh, midday. Call it ten wins, two hundred euro cash on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. When you hear it in its entirety. Also talking about musical events, we also have uh, two one hundred and fifty euro vouchers for Satori Clinic at Langford Row in the city. Fancy one of their therapies? Well, you could take some acupuncture, or some cupping, or some acupressure. They have the therapies and skills that could help you. So one hundred and fifty euro vouchers, two of them, two of them. Sometime between now and midday And it's all about the new you in the new year So the songs that I have stitched uh, Back to back all have something to do with new uh, So when I open the phone lines And I will, sometime between now and midday uh, You need to identify Artists and titles in the correct order If you're a loyal long time listener You know the drill Everybody loves him Don't they And he's holding hands. Suddenly everything's
0: right I said
1: See, that third song is interesting because it reminds me, I can't tell you what it is or who it is, but way back in the back end of the 80s, talking about radio stations coming on the air, um, I was first on the air for a radio station called Radio South way back in the day. It morphed into different radio stations and went from strength to strength. But that third clip there was the first song played uh, on that radio station way back in 89, I think, uh, 89, maybe early ninety. Yeah, so that wasn't today or yesterday. Meanwhile, Free Food Friday, courtesy of yourselves an Oak Fire Pizza. Your opportunity to feed 15 of you with uh, six large pizzas, garlic breads, potatoes, dips, drinks and desserts. And you have about 15 minutes now. To get in a final who you are and where you are, text to 86 Let me do some shout-outs, if you wouldn't mind, uh, for everybody at ERA, Downey McCarthy on the South Mall. They'd love some pizza. To the dispatch team in Roadstone and Ballincollig. Uh, pizza for my twins, Ryan and Sophie, who are 15 today. And also to celebrate my sister's, girlfriend who's due her baby today. To everybody at Joe Crowley Oils, Phelan Pharmacy in Cork City are listening. To everybody in House of can Sale. Morning, Sandra and Arlene. Hi to everybody at Johnson and who working from home with their housemates apparently. Hi Kevin. Uh, as well as everybody at Little Island Transport in, Bar- in Tool are working hard in the garage in the workshop. Uh, to Chris Shine in Tool who's grinding wells on a trailer all day today. To all of the staff at Argos and Mahan, all to Domus as well. They've moved into a new pizza and they'd like to our new office and they'd love to christen it with pizza uh, what have we got here listening to the show every day and always talking about how wonderful it would be to take a lunch break in our kitchen showrooms says Ken and Eve from Callan Kitchens in Bandon ECI JCB and Carrick Tool are listening uh, somebody's suggesting we should just send pizza to Mary Curley and all of her volunteers and staff um, and her team who are so sick and so tired maybe pizza would boost their mood Um, she was lifted by the candles on the doorstep pizza might help further that's a lovely thought Dee in Killeen's Uh, Len's life, working hard all week up in Dublin uh, Dublin Hill, Brothers of Charity Clona Dairies, Cullen View Interiors uh, and just one or two more, don't forget the people working from home, Uh, my daughter's doing contact tracing from home in one room I'm in another room working hard on accounts, put away the accounts it's Friday, the weekend's ahead Anna Park the numbers and the sums for now. Everybody at Pat Dalton's Pharmacy and my son Aaron who will be soon hitting the two year anniversary of working from home. So thank you for all for your loyal listening. We'll do one more bunch of shout outs in about 20 minutes time. Lines are open for all of the business. 0818104106 There are a lot of vigils planned. I've mentioned at least three, possibly four already and there's more. Maria says there will be a vigil, a candlelit walk in memory of Ashling Murphy at 7 o'clock up the Mangala in Douglas, so Douglas doing its bit as well. All are welcome at 7pm. I am assuming, I'm going to take a flyer on that, that it's today, it doesn't say, so maybe we could just clarify that on their behalf, 7pm at the Mangala. Meanwhile, Alan, good morning. Good morning, Neil, how are you? I'm well, thanks, and well done to you. Sunday evening, you have something planned in Middleton.
8: We have, um, myself and the Middleton Christmas Lights Committee, um, we've got a vigil planned from 6pm in the Baby Walk in Middleton. Yeah. Um, So we're just asking people to come along with with their candles and things like that, sort of respects. We've got a local man as well playing a bit of uh, traditional music in the the background, just highlighting Aisling's love for or um, music and things like that.
1: Ah, oh, so, she was an incredible musician. She was yeah, she played fiddle, fun. she played uh, tin whistle, she played flute. She was learning the notoriously difficult difficult Illum pipes. She, you know, she was always challenging herself. Yeah, yeah. Such oh, such, man. such such a shame, really with um I I can't get over the family photograph, the most beautiful photograph of her mother, her father, her sisters, her brother and herself. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. How would you ever recover from that? So, okay. so we know now of Middleton also being involved. We were talking with Mallow a little while ago. So that's, um, let's just recap, six o'clock on Sunday. You're asking people to bring a candle and a single flower, is it?
8: Yeah, um, we 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 talked about flowers and things last night, and we, we, we a single flower is probably ideal. Rather than bringing whole bunches
1: and things like that, you know, just yeah. because of the plastic. Yeah, and things like that. yeah, it's a, a single flower can be very powerful and very significant. Exactly. Incidentally, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're asked to meet where? Are you meeting earlier, or what's the deal there? It's, it's the baby walk in in Middleton at six pm. Oh.
8: Um, it's the small park down by the boat, down by the river. Okay, well done.
1: That's solid. But I an, see another one here. I don't know whether it's connected to you. On Saturday, there'll be an event to mark Ashling's passing. The public are asked to meet outside the Heritage Centre at 4 o'clock. Uh, didn't know about that one. No, yeah, we, we, yeah. We, we looked around last night and we didn't see any. So no, no, this we, is just uh, another one. This is a 4 o'clock walk and a jo- or a jog along the lower road to the 5-foot way to mark our passing. That's for Cove, incidentally. I'm not saying it's you. It's another one happening in Cove. But for you, it's Sunday evening, 6 o'clock, candle and a single flower. Yeah, in the baby walk in Middleton, that's it. Fair play to you. Nice one, Alan. Thank you so much. Everybody's on board, all of the towns, all of the villages, all over the country are doing something. Will it make any difference? Well, it certainly will pay our, our respects, of course, to Ashling and her beautiful, beautiful family. Thank you, Emer. The Douglas get-together and walk and vigil in the Mangla is tonight at 7 o'clock, OK? Tonight in 7 o'clock. So there's a lot going on. Uh, and I'd imagine there's no area that's being left out at this stage because we know of, of at least two in the city. and No, three actually happening in the city and many of the suburbs and satellite towns. Do you remember earlier on this morning I was talking about self-defense and people were telling me stories of how they defend themselves. Some carry weapons. They have a, you know, a checklist every time they go out, women. Others were saying that they got uh, self defence courses either for themselves or their daughters. Uh, Frank Murphy is a retired self defence instructor from Murphy's Masterclass. I think he might have been the very first Taekwondo black belt on Lee side. Uh, Frank, good morning.
8: Hi, uh, Neil. Thanks for thanks for having
1: not me. Not at all, pal. Um, not at all. I
8: just thought it helped the, the ladies out there and the women. And I've, uh, i uh, in my in my own life into that and uh, condolences to Ashling and her family, I don't know how they're going to get over that. But here's a help to any lady listening out there. I'll just run through these, uh, Neil. I know you were saying this morning that every woman nowadays have a, a checklist, and if it's not a a written-down checklist. It's in their head somewhere stuck in their psyche. But here we go. Um, when you're walking outdoors, if you're, I'll do the basic ones first, and then I'll do the kind of harder ones, and I'll progress harder, hard and I'll finish with driving a car. So the first ones are... Very basic for us. If you're walking outside, stand up straight and look and look straight ahead as if you have a purpose. You know, don't don't be dawdling and don't be looking at biddling. Like for example, if you didn't go today, if you not if you were inside pan enough for a long time, like I live in Mitchiston at the moment. Then if I, my daughter was going up, she was going up now actually today. And if she's walking along the street, I said, don't be looking and gaze up at the shops because a, a person will see that. And a mogul is looking for for someone who's completely switched off. Not even They're not even in the game, Neil. They're, they're, they're completely out of it. And they're looking for when your guard is down. And what they'll do, they'll try to engage in conversation but to gain a bit of trust. The minute your trust is down, bang, you're gone. So the first thing is, when you're walking outdoors, walk with a purpose, get off the bus or get out of your car. And even if you don't have a purpose, walk as if you have one. That's the first thing. The other thing is, if you're talking to somebody, if somebody asks you a question, like they're very clever, um, like what they'll do is, apart from the, the usual one, like have you got a cigarette, have you got money from the hostel, you know, the, the usual the, the usual guys, not everybody looks like a uh, folk, not everybody looks like a flipping flippin' spaced out druggie, you know, yeah. some of them would be very, very discreet, and they'll come up and say, eh, I, I know you, don't I, did I work with you before, did I work, did I go to school with your sister or something like that, and what they'll do is, as your brain is kind of engaged in the conversation, then they'll smack it, in or they'll or they'll rob your phone, or they'll something. So that's what they're trying to do. So you have to be very careful when you're when you're actually your physical body language is of the utmost importance in walking. So up straight, eyes in front, and that's it. Um,
1: are you, are you say, okay? On because one number one is is connected to number two. I get what you're saying there. Oh yeah. There uh, there's are there's you saying that that women questions. shouldn't engage, or that people shouldn't answer a question, or give directions, mm-hmm. or give somebody a light, or anything like that?
8: Right. Well, if you're if you're walking along the street, walk with the purpose, like I said. Or you know, you don't have to be walking like a crazy donkey. You know, but if a person comes up and say, like use uh, ones, or have you got the time? Very clever one as well. As they come up and say, listen, um, they show you a little bit of a map. Look, is that Paul Street or is Paul Street the other way? And and then they're they're trying to be as as last as they can. They're trying to drop. They're trying to drop your guard. and and, and if you have to engage them in any conversation, talk. Say, look, at stone out we're pointing, but keep walking. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't engage with these guys at okay. all. Do okay. not engage with these guys at okay. all. You know, if if you make a mistake, okay, so what? But you're still alive, okay? Not okay. It. That's it. If you're if you're on a bus or on a train, don't slouch. The same thing. Sit up straight and look around. And and uh, even in a coffee shop, I'd be a bit worried. Like, listen to me, I'm not Jason Bourne, or <laughs> but, but, but these these just basic things. You know, there, um, the, 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 the slant of the conversation this morning on the was that women won't have to do that. Um, unfortunately, I do that myself. I get, I'm a bit old oh, now myself, and I'm 66. And I'm a bit worried oh, no, walking in a long town yeah. I, 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 And you would be. Like, after hearing this, I'm sure a lot of blokes as well are saying to themselves, she is going be on the ball. So if you look like a victim at all, at all, at all, in your body language, you're, you're, they, they're only waiting. Remember, they have all day long. They've all in on to susso out you walking up along the street or the worse talking and that's it. Another very important one is, um, there was a girl on this morning there, she was she said she was running up by Ratmore road or something. like that it kinda I was kinda getting she got punched, yeah. She got punched, yeah, but she kicked the dog first so she reacted back. Now what happened was if you if you listen to all you saw what happened. there's a comment I'm running through a lot of these. She she needs to there She's fairly strong. Even she, was, she sounded very assertive there on the radio this morning. So she's a competent person. And, 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 and she kicked that, that comes across. And she said, I'm, I was always old. I was always running. Which she said, when your man belted with a small guy, it came out of nowhere. Now, when you get a belt out of nowhere, your whole adrenaline is going to kick in. You have a distortion in time. You have a distortion in, in space. Oh, and they're hoping they're hoping to knock you out so much, but they're trying to knock you out psychologically as well. I'm sure if she, if she, if she, if Daddy or the youngster said to her, um, "Listen, my dog is going to attack you there," and what are you going to do about it? If she gave him a box back or she fronted him, I'm sure that would that would be a completely different thing. Yeah. But you know, like when they ever interview um, women after a violent attacks, the first thing said, "Jesus, he came out of nowhere. I do not know where that came from." No, no, they didn't come out of nowhere. You were on their radar for about ten minutes before you walked in. So you're walking down, Panna. You're already on their radar, now. Right? You're already—they're already talking. They're, talk, they're They might be talking about thirty people a day, but then they'll just get one guy hands in the pockets of one girl, hoodie on headphones on, stuck in the phone, all over, just Sham- all over, you're, you're gone, you know, so, you're on the ball there. The other one is, a very clear one is, you have to be very careful of overhead conversations. Do you ever see a lot of group of teenage kids there? They're having a chat and you might get, um, a lot a lot of fellas as well, what they do, muggles, is they're listening to an overhead conversation subtly at the side, so they're talking away and one girl is calling the other girl is Sally and the other is calling her the other girl Maria or something like that. And next thing, um, one guy uh, one guy kind of or uh, 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 the, the mugger actually hears the name Maria one girl so he says well, her name is Maria. so after he follows him and he said oh hi Maria how's it going so the girl drops her guard she sends the, she has your man already has a link to her yeah. because she heard the upper conversa- it's a, a overhead conversation. that's a killer you have to be really careful of the overhead conversations now I, I don't want to have anybody paranoid with, with their boxing guard walking down <laughs>
1: like that's going to be Ridiculous There's a lot defense. to take in, and that alone, you know, everything you've said so far.
8: Yeah, and I'm only, and this is basic. Like this is, I, I would teach this in a basic self-defense. I, I taught a self-defense course there the other day, and I got him was to come outside the gym, and I said, walk up and down the road. And let me see how you walk. And I said, okay, you're walking all wrong. you walk in I thought I was stupid, maybe giggling, but like it, it's self-defense. Really, you should have the attitude of it. It's like swimming. You know I can swim because if I fell into a river I could I could another race around, But I can swim, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and I can, I can drive the car. You, you they're just and th- these are basic stuff. These are basic stuff. Okay, so let me move on to more harder ones now. Right? If you have no choice now but to walk alone, you know, like some girls have, maybe they're walking late at night or they have to go to the car park late at night or you know they're doing school or come from the, the UCC or coming from college. Here's a, here's a one. If you have to walk late at night in a place that you're not you're not familiar with okay yeah. uh, again walk as fast as you can try to scan the whole place as much as you can I'd google it as well before you, you before you get in there now if you have a suspicion that you're being followed by something if you think there's something of walking across you know, you'd know you sense that he's coming right obviously you walk across the other side of the road that's the first one now if you see even if he didn't cross the road and follow you and he's on the other side of the road um Try, try if you can, to really suss out this series. If you feel that your life is threatened in any way, in any way at all, in any way at all, all the conventional rules of society goes out the window. Like You have to break a window if you have to turn over a coffee table if it means damaging to a property but saving yourself. That's all, that's all you want to do. If you remember back there, you had a lady, I think now I could be wrong, honey, you had a lady called Sally Hanlon from the... That's right, after victims after
1: crime, crime. crime. Yes. yes.
8: Yeah, and that shocked me because I, that, that really, I tell you, man, you, you do a second grey radio show there, honest to God, it's, and as you know, that Mary Crilly on there, just hairs on the back of your head. I so, know, thank you. I yeah. think that lady there, Sally Hanlon, was she with the criminal injuries, or sorry, was she with the support after crime, wasn't That's she, it,
1: was exactly, like that? on, on Anglesey Street. And you know what? It's important to talk to individuals. Like that. I wish we didn't have to, and I'm quite sure they would agree exactly. with me there, but it's important to have the conversation going. Victims after crime are on Anglesey Street, and they do incredible work. They help people who've yeah. been subject of assault or any kind of criminality. They even go to court with somebody to help them along in that regard. They're they're and amazing.
8: What, and this, and and what what, what scared the deal? to me when, when Sally Salihan was on with you there. She said that when you when you you know when you when a fella gets assaulted and, he, and, he, and he's and it, and and when you go to the guards, they'll say to you, look, uh, you, we can take it, but I wouldn't kind of press that from you because they're a bit dodgy. Because that lady, she said Hannah she said when you go out to court, the other guys will see you in court. Then you're a marked man. Then you're. Your car is gone, your house is gone. But all that whole societal issue, that all has to be ripped out at the core and stopped from here on in. This, this, this should be a market fund. Don't for God's sake, we should all rally around it. And I'm, I'm only one, bloke, right? I'm sure I hope there's a lot the men out there. And by the way, we're not all crazy doing the
1: fiction. No, and that should be said over and over again. It's not all men. <laughs> no, I, I, I know that. that. I that point
8: this morning. That's uh, uh, a very good point. Anyway, and anyway so, look, you know, so, so, so that's another thing if, you, if you're followed. Another thing what you could do as well is just, if you're on your own, right, and you're walking on if you see some like if you see a couple walking or maybe two workmen walking or so two people walking try to follow them as if you're with that crowd, if you're working with them or, or the last thing that you can do is invent the boyfriend you know like look at your watch or say David will you come on for God's sake we'll be late you know so like if anybody's watching or, and, and so no, I know
1: I know it's very sad though isn't it it's like saying pretend to be on the phone <laughs> it's awful to have to do any of that
8: it's crazy. It's crazy. I know I, I know you were trying to turn people off this morning, but I, I'll finish off with just giving a few pointers. And I think this is this is where a lot of people, you know, the there where she was taken off guard. Which, you know, when you're in your car, I think a lot of assaults, from, from my experience, on it happen in the transition, Neil, from, from your car. Let's say, for example, you're driving and you get up to the. Uh, I always park in Paul Street. So when you get up in Paul Street, I'm not going to have to drive so you kind of relax right because you're there then you slip off the seat but that's when they're going to attack because uh, if you're in if you're in your car you, you know your guard is down that's it um, so when you're getting from the car into the shopping centre, you could be you could be you could be approached there. That be very careful at that point there, and you can drop the garden again, when you're inside the shopping, centre. so window. the chances are
1: they'll have a hoodie, and you won't see their face because there's clearly CCTV in all of those car parks. Which would
8: have a better chance if you were a little bit prepared. Y- yes, you're right. But at least I prefer to be prepared, and be dead. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and the opposite is coming when you're when you're finished your shopping. Here's another one. Like you see, I, like my wife does this all the times, and I am and kill her for it, right? She, she, um, I say, <laughs> can we finish this? When, when we get into the car, when you and it's a national nice too. You know, you finish shopping, right? And and you you have to put in the money into the, into the into the into the slot machine for the car. By the way, I have the correct change ready as well. Getting on trains and buses and and you know when you're getting in there, don't be opening your
1: wallet and showing everybody how much you're your wallet. Well, that, you know, that should be advice for everybody, anyway. <coughs> yeah.
8: Yeah. yeah, that's common sense. Um, but you see, we don't do it. To see, we don't have the correct change ready. We forget these little things. But well, when you when you get in when you when you get into the car, you put the bags in the back of the boot or whatever, and then you get into the car. First thing in is either on the phone or maybe check if you're not a bad mistake. They're, your your guard is down there again. That's when they're going That's when they're gonna do it. And I'd also advise uh, women in particular when you're driving your car, try to go to the trouble of you know how paying the acid to get a parking space down something, especially in Cork, especially on Friday afternoons. Yeah. You get you get this kind of um you have to you have to a oh, space and you drive straight in. If you can at all, reverse the car in if you're a woman. Because if you're gonna reverse the car in, at least when you get when you get out and you get into the car <coughs> excuse me, you're looking out in front of the car. Now that's a simple common sense as well. For how many do what you say is get it, get it, get it, get it, your minus leave it there lot." And then you hop in. I know, and, I know. You know that's another simple thing, and and another it's basic stuff, like like, cake. don't be having flashy things, like and and they don't want to be sexist. Yeah, but don't be having pink jackets or pink or stuff inside the back of the car I your, your Oh, <laughs> your and listen, I,
1: I, you're saying don't, 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 but unfortunately that may well be a reality, but people should be able to, you know, and we need to create a society where it, it is possible like, yes. it, it's not all men as, as we say, but like Anna no. says it's not all men, but it is always men, she says men need to change their mindsets, their attitudes, yes. their anti-women banter, there was a hashtag trending last night, hashtag not all men, and she says that was really inappropriate, given the fact that she was hashtag she was going for a run was also trending Trending. she says all yeah. women have experienced fear why should women change hide not walk alone it's men that need to do the changing I mean that's just yeah. 100% and, and true I,
8: I, must, I, uh, I stand guilty there Neil because as a man sometimes I party I, I, part, part, I, I was partaking in some jokes like oh I get onto the in, in the tech one the dare we have <laughs> We have the Women's Committee, you know? We, uh, we have a Women's Committee as well. And I said to a guy only, yes, I said, listen, if you're not careful, I'd crash up to the Women's Committee. And I said to myself, shit, why no, am I saying that, like? No, no you should I, say that. I,
1: you should we should well, be calling people out.
8: Yeah, but no, but I said it. So I said to myself, why did I say it? Because it's just the wrong thing to say it, like... I know no, you have to watch all your P's and Q's you have to be politically correct, but this is so sensitive, no, need. I think it's just a call to arms for everybody. If, if there's any other self right. defense instructors out there, they should just. I'm, I'm going to offer a lot of stuff free from here on in, because especially self defense, it's just, the Senate, you have to try to. Get the conference back in in in, in Our Lady Folk. I think that's the best thing to do. And I think you do a great show. And uh, congratulations to all the people who came on and uh, said Brenda there. She not. Or it was an old. It was an there this morning. She yeah, came on. That's right. My God, it was another sh- shocking. Death. Shocking story. Not, I, I, what I do, honest, I I choked it. I for, for all these, but I just sits there on an on an email. I Please do,
1: yeah, and maybe we can share a lot of it. But a lot, of, a lot, a lot of food for thought there for people. And I thank you for it, Frank. Take care. you're,
8: you're, welcome. you're welcome. Cheers. Okay. All right. All there's right, a guy. Who,
1: there's a guy who knows his. Uh, Knows his stuff and what he does. Um, very busy also, apparently, with regards to his own Taekwondo classes. Murphy's Masterclass. Lines open. You can text 0868104106 and people are. Here's a very interesting one and right on the money. Uh, Neil, it's like older men or dads saying, you shouldn't wear this, you shouldn't wear that. You're asking for trouble going out in this or wearing that. It's the wrong attitude. It's women being blamed for men's behavior. The older generation need to learn that it's not women's fault, it's men. Thank you for that. Keep those texts coming. Text Um, 0868-104-106. Can I just, I want to just take some time out because I got a text in to remind me and thank you for it, Adele. Adele O'Keefe is a 20-year-old girl on Side, and she wrote a song last April and it was very popular at the time due to the Sarah Everard case Um, and she has been back to remind me of that. She says, the song is about sexual assault and the fear women have walking alone. She said, I'd love if I could hear it uh, if I'd love if it could be heard by more people because it's always, sadly, very relevant. Uh, thanks very much. Thank you for getting back in touch, Adele. You're absolutely right. The track she wrote and recorded is called To Go Home.
0: Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818 Everybody loves him. Suddenly everything's right. I said
1: You know the drill. Three, uh, sorry, two 150 euro vouchers for Satori Clinic right now. Pick up the phone, get dialing callers 10 and 11 on 0818104106. Last batch of shout outs for our free food Friday. 15 of you will be fed with the biggest pizzas you've ever seen from Oakfire Pizza and all of the sides. Good morning to everybody at Trigon Hotels, the Cork International Hotel, Cork Airport Hotel, and the Metroville. Love pizza and they love delicious Oakfire pizza. To all the staff at Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic in Glanmire after a very busy start to the new year because of all of the vouchers over Christmas I suppose Kilsar inquiries in ovens morning I started a new job here this week and I'd love to share with the company says so Shelley Amari Ireland on Tremor Road Listener Brin Engineering in Mitchellstown HSS hire working Hardin Tivoli this morning HSS uh, Alan Bailey Carpentry Services in Carrig Navarre working hard in Churchfield at the moment just a few more First Steps Montessori in Bishopstown Horgan's Garage and Kerry Pike are listening FG, FGW Motors in Middleton the DPT Depot in John Manway are busy. Joe's Edge, Hair Salon, and Blarney. Cork Distribution, Little Island. The Book Station in Douglas. Mernan and O'Shea, working very hard in the old Mallow Road. Uh, morning to a mob. Built my house, actually. Paul Keane, slaving away at Glenon. Glen- uh, brothers in Farron Street in Fromeoy. So that's the end of the shout-outs for today. We'll pick a winner in about five minutes' time, and then you will win a vouchers and go pick up the pizzas yourself then at whatever location from Oak Fire Pizza that works best, best for you. Okay, so that's in about five minutes' time. Okay, I'm going kind to of do as much as I can in the time that's allotted to me. Brendan is standing by. Um, just with regards to uh, the topic we've been dealing with this morning, tragic and all as it is, the murder of Aisling. Uh, Una, good morning. Let me just see if I got my phone. Oh, there you are. You were there all the time. Right. Good morning. Okay, just um, just explain to me what you observed or came across.
7: Well, I know. I'm just saying. Last night, uh, my my little girl, she's ten. Her uh, Google account is linked to mine, and I was just doing looking up my searches, and I saw this uh, search.
1: That's a good um, idea that her Google is linked to yours. Well done on that. Yeah.
7: Oh yeah, 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 and I see everything, but. Um, so I just saw this um, search and it said that's what she said and I was like what's that because normally you know I'd be looking, she'd be doing roadblocks or something you know to do with what her, her hobbies and things like that and I just tapped it in and it said um, sex- sexual innuendo meme that's uh, very popular at the moment and it's linked to some sort of innuendo's in the office you know the program the office
1: oh I'm starting to understand is it like ah uh, yeah that's not what she said last night kind of thing is it
7: well it's actually that's what she said yeah is the, is the kind of
1: is it but am I reading yeah. it right are you getting the same vibe yes. about that as I am yeah
7: yes. yeah and that's why I kind of you know went further into it then and, and, and I just you know I read a bit about about it then and I just called her in and I asked her what it was about and she said, and I was kind of like a bit shocked because of everything that was going on yesterday with that poor, misfortunate girl, Ashling Murphy, you know. Yes. My head was already full of all that. And I was saying, what, what, what am I seeing here? And I said it to her and she said, oh, uh, yeah, no, that's just something. A couple of the boys in school today were being really annoying in the class. Every time any of the girls said anything, one of the boys was saying, that's what she said. That's what she said. And they were all laughing. And I just, we were wondering what it was. And they, they're so young to,
1: and innocent, they haven't got a clue what they're saying. Do
7: you think? Yeah, but you see, it, it affected her enough that she wanted to find out what it meant, so she did a search on it, and of course, all this stuff came up then. And that's what kind of alerted uh, me. It's, right.
1: sexual, it's sexual, and it's, it's, it's sexually related.
7: Yeah, and, you know, if you look further into it then, you know, it's kind of like, well, basically, I'm just saying, this is the kind of level of conversation that's going on even among that age group you know that they are kind of yeah. vocal, tapestry of vocabulary is being developed as
1: 10 year olds yeah i know what you're saying yeah. because in later life then you have all of this unacceptable banter I, I can't speak for women on unacceptable banter but i can for men um and yeah. and, and it's it's demeaning you know
7: well, this is the thing, and you know, I mean, a lot of the time women feel under sort of peer pressure rather than to contest this, they themselves feel that they should equip themselves with the information around this so that they can join in rather than even being able to contest it. And, uh, you know, I mean, when you look further into it, There's some research done and uh, these um, jokes serve as an analogue to the rhetoric of rape culture by discrediting and even silencing victims. This type of humour conditions audiences and worse, to laugh at inappropriate sexual behaviour. That's right.
1: And Mary Curley talks about not laughing at it, calling it out, saying stop is what we should do uh, if you have friends, Um, male or female friends. It should not be tolerated in any way, shape or form.
7: Well, I mean, if children of this age are feeling under little girls are feeling... At 10 know, years
1: old, having I mean, to Google a term,
7: yeah. it and just because they said something that they didn't even know. I think one of the girls said, oh, that's very tight, and one of the little boys turned around and said, this is how my daughter said it all started. Oh, that's what she said, and... Uh, and laughing, no 10-year-old,
1: you know? no 10-year-old should be having um, those sort of well, thoughts. Well,
7: this is, this is what we have to look at, and it's not that they'll all turn out, you know, to be maniacs attacking uh, women, but you know oh you have God. to have the conversation, oh and my God, it's not a ten-year.
1: That's just not a ten-year-old mm-hmm. conversation. Well,
7: it's happening there. You know, I, I was shocked myself in the light of everything that was going on yesterday. I thought, well, to was, some extent,
1: well, just as an just as an off-product of that, it, it it can mean the social media or even mobile phones can be dangerous weapons in the hands of children. Oh, there. Well, this is it. With regards to accessibility. Them.
7: But well, I mean, we don't, it's very hard for us as parents to be able to anticipate anticipate what children are coming up against and the level of conversation that's influencing them at such an early age. And of course, that 10-year-old, what? those 10-year-old boys didn't suddenly dream this up. It's, this is coming through, you know, probably seeping down from older kids and things like that. And so it's, it's, it's a whole cycle that's, being perpetrated through social media that we have to stay abreast of if we're going to be able
1: to have the yeah, it's influence for, over For influence for, the, for them when they grow up into adults or young adults because I don't think it's just about the, you know witnessing conversations, it could be images, it could be videos, it could be access to pornography, it could be being sent stuff that they don't want to see but end up seeing, you know
7: Well, I mean, Jeffrey Daimler, the serial killer, uh, the prolific serial killer, if you watch any of his documentaries, one of the first things that he says is, don't allow your children to be exposed to pornography online. That's what happened to me. And I'm not saying that's 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 what the man said, but that's what the man said, and that's it.
1: Yeah, if you're sent inappropriate messages or stuff or photographs or gifts or whatever the, the case may be, um, it's probably a time where we all should say, just type back and say, that's not cool, that's offensive, don't send me that anymore. Don't Absolutely. send me that stuff, you know.
7: Instead of laughing at it, and, you know, a lot of it is, oh, you are you know, even for young girls, you're not cool if you're not in on the joke, even if the joke is about you. You know, I know, and we have to teach our girls to be able to say, "Hang on, no, 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 no." I'm, not, you know, this isn't funny. I'm not finding this funny. Stop. Okay, thanks, Una. They probably get laughed at again by by the group, but they, you know that's the resilience we have to keep well, it
1: has to start somewhere thanks Tuna thanks for taking the yeah, call okay. have a lovely weekend yeah, cheers Bye. all the best Bye. Bye. lines will stay open you can text anytime text 0868104106 if you have a story to share that we could pick up on next week then please feel free to do so by emailing Neil at redfm I-E. Uh, the Satori Clinic winners, €150 Euro vouchers for the final time this week for Caroline O'Donovan, Bakers Road, Grona Braher, and Carmel Griffin in Curriballi in Cove. So congratulations to both of you, €150 Euro vouchers. Free Food Friday winner for this weekend. Feed 15 of you and off you go and enjoy a good nosh, courtesy of ourselves and uh, Oak Fire Pizza. To all of the gang in Twilight News, Patrick Street, Paul Street and the bus station. So texting week in, week out, week in, week out, eventually a winner. So it'll happen eventually, hopefully for everybody. So morning to everybody at the three locations, Twilight News, Patrick Street, Paul Street and the bus station. I'm sure there's 15 of you When you add it all up. So enjoy the pizza and all of the sides, courtesy of ourselves. And Oak Fire Pizza, congratulations to you. OK. <laughs> That's a cracking song, brilliantly put together 20 years ago, 2002, number one for Elvis and JXL, a little less conversation, a little more action. And congratulations, because another 200 euro cash hangs on that song. Elizabeth Foley from Knockin' more in Ovens, hope I'm pronouncing that right, is 200 euro better off on this Friday morning. Congratulations, Elizabeth. Right across the day today, there's cash to be won to celebrate the 20 years on air of Cork's Red FM. It came on the air in 2002 and we're in celebratory mood, not just today, but right across the weekend. So Phil Burke will pick it up uh, at midday and on we go. I'm going to love you and leave you. Before I do, just a massive response by text this morning, much of which we will return to on Monday morning. Just a quick happy birthday as well, if you know not So from the top down, shout out my gorgeous daughter, Chloe Healy, 21 today. Great excitement in the house. Lots of love from ma'am. So, you know, beautiful story. Wonderful family celebrating a 21st birthday and of course we think of Ashley Murphy's family at the same time who are far from. Um, I'd appreciate that guy on the air in what he is saying, but isn't the problem the fact that women have to do all of these things he mentions to try to be safer? Why should women have to do all of this to be safe? I know, absolutely. Why? Oh, why? I read a story about a girl who knew... Uh, she was being followed she ran to a total stranger hugged him and whispered I'm being followed he walked her home safely uh, I know that man on the air with martial arts skills has a lovely intention but please stop telling us to stand up stop telling us to, t- to uh, walk confidently just stop yeah I know I understand exactly what you're saying by that and the the way it may have come across to you, but these are actually the skills that will be taught within a self-defense class or a self-defense course anyway. So please, it wasn't meant in any way to be condescending or to be um, in any way derogatory. It was meant from the heart. This is ridiculous, getting women to walk properly? Come on. You should be addressing men and parents of men. That's where they need to start, not with women changing their behavior. Start with men. I've nothing to say about that. I just one hundred per cent agree with you uh, i I'm married to a man for twenty years and during the summer he tried to rape and attack me and Never in my life would I have thought he was capable of such a thing. If I didn't get away that night from my husband, I often wonder what would have happened. And that is absolutely alarming. Uh, don't want to come on air, but I had to write in when I was listening to a show this morning about poor Ashling Murphy. Lord rest her. Uh, When I was a kid in College. a young woman got murdered while out walking her dog uh, in the local park, the regional park. I still to this day cannot walk down that park on my own. And the killer um, nearly did did a few years, only did a, merely did a few years, and is now walking around Cork for the past few years freely. This is the problem. The consequences aren't tough enough. Sentencing. Uh, women live in fear, and the perpetrators don't get punished accordingly. I have no faith in the justice system when it comes to crimes like this. And, of course, you are referencing the tragic death, murder, the killing of Rachel Kylie and Balancholic in 2000, killed by Ian Horgan. As a father to a daughter myself, I'm heartbroken and also very angry uh, over the murder of Ashling. I now wonder what punishment that man who did it will get. In some parts of America, he would be going to lethal injection for this crime. This poor family will never be the same again. Rest in peace, Ashling," says Tony uh, in Douglas. Um, And just... The, the one there from Barry. I just need to uh, get that one on the air before I go, and I can go back to all other texts yesterday because I just want to be very clear about this. He says the terrible incident seems to have led led this morning's conversation into men versus women. Uh, we all we all seem tired with the same brush because of what happened to that poor girl. But, Neil, if the guards don't know who did it, then there's nothing concrete to say it was even a man who did the attack. I'm trying to get my message across in as sympathetic way as I can. Apologies if anybody takes offence. Well, you, you, you may not just be aware that two witnesses did come, did come along on the, the walkway of the canal where Ashling was being attacked at the time, uh, and they gave descriptions to the guardie of um, a male, and they even gave descriptions of what he was wearing. Uh, I hope that clarifies it for you, Barry. Um, Have a good weekend, guys. Uh, I'll I'll see you all Monday.
8: Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.